Thanks. Matter of fact, I'm going to be his guest for the last two hours on Monday. There's a plug. On Steve? Yeah, four to six. Are you serial? Yeah. He wanted me to do this more like I they just can't get out well, of it. Well, maybe field. they can simulcast it and like yeah. interject a few comments or something. Yeah. Well, I just want to make it clear right at the outset that uh, Tom and I have been doing these shows for, what, about 10, 11 years now? I at guess. least. As long Easy. as, yeah. And uh, we've had our moments, we, especially when your wife got psychotic and <laughs> disagreed with something you wrote and she had the Neil Rogers voodoo doll and was sticking pins in it. I always tease her about that. Yeah. But uh, basically, Tom and I get along great, and we'll continue to do so, and uh, we have some very strong disagreements about a lot of things. For example, I still am waiting for my Dick Casper article to come out. Yeah. But uh, I'm not going to get into a feud. I'm not going to get into a feud with you because you and Rick Riley hate each other like poison. I am fascinated. I don't understand what that's all about, though. Yeah, well, you know, you were you were a witness to it. I mean, the guy could come charging in here. Yeah, but you hated him before that. No, didn't. I didn't. No, I really Dislike. didn't. Dislike. No. I mean, I, I was kind of indifferent towards him. He, you know, he has a very abrasive... Happy birthday, Yvette. Yeah. It's Yvette's birthday. By the way, is Jeff bringing food for Tom from Pizza Loft? Yeah, what is that? Cold? They say, uh, starve a fever, stuff yeah. a cold. Well, I need cold. to be stuffed, okay. yeah. Tell him bring tons of food, because Tom looks like he's starving over here. Uh, no, see, you know, then he came in here and acted like a total jerk, and, uh, you know, I made him a... You know, he was just all upset that I didn't write a column the last time he got fired at, at Dewaxy. And I made him a promise that when he gets fired here, I'll write a column. And I doubt that there'll be one before then. All right, we'll come back to that, obviously, and spend no more than two, three hours on it. But speaking of waxy, oh, I'll now, tell you at what. least cold and all. I mean, at least yeah, you oh, yeah. to say something. That, that, that was the most embarrassing, and I kept waiting to hear you, and I heard you like... I, I mean, I just got mad by the moment. And, you know, I want to say in defense of Udell, I mean, he was as annoyed as I was when I walked in in the morning. You know, I had to get up like quarter to five in the morning to get up there. They had been promoting it all week. And I walk in, and he shows me this memo that he's got from that program... Well, the so-called program director they have. We will not discuss other stations. We will not discuss other personalities. We will not... Well, what, what, were we, what was there left to discuss? The weather? Whether it was Simon dark out? Yeah. And, and then, they, you know, they were doing... And, and Greg had hoped that morning that he would be able to do a show, you know, somewhat similar, uh, the format-wise, like to this, that, you know, they, they ditched some of the music anyway, and we talk, and we talk like we do about the market and about what was going on and about... You know, what's his name in Suds in the afternoon? Well, why were you there in the first place, though? That's what well, I don't understand, because there was so much music going on, especially after 8.30, which is when I was listening. Yeah. No, it, no, from I thought... 9 to 9.30, I don't think you said anything. No, and well, I t Greg had been asking me for a long time, could you come out? And, and I kept putting him off and putting him off, and mainly because, for no other reason. I had to get up at quarter to five to get up there and made for a real long day. So finally he called one up again, and he said, listen, I'm promising, can you make it? So I said, okay, and we made a date. And, I up, and you know, and like I said, they promoted it all week like I was going to have a role in the program, and, and really had nothing to do. They played 20-minute music breaks. They're two minutes in between. Uh, you know, and, and all they had was that people calling up wanting to know what the magic money phrase or whatever it is, that gimmick they do. That was the only calls we got. And now, those other calls they got were all set up, right? Which ones were they? Oh, there were a few calls I heard, like from... Um Oh, I don't know. Different characters. There was one. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, it was all set up. That was what's his name? It's all yeah. phony. Yeah. And yeah. Eric Lambert called in, which I didn't hear, thank God, but it was all set up stuff. Yeah. Right? Yeah. There was no. It was nothing like what I thought it would be. And, and again, it wasn't Greg's fault. He thought he'd be able to, for that one morning, they'd make an exception. But this guy who runs that. He's. A, I, I talked to him after the program. Not about that, about other things. And I. Ooh. So what's going on over there? What is the change? Does anybody There's know? There's no change. They had a big meeting. All the rumors were they're going to make a big change I mean, in the music. They were a mu I mean, I'll tell you what. The one thing the, the program director did, he called me that afternoon, even though I hadn't heard the rumors because I was in the office. He says, "I guess you've heard the rumors." I says, "No, I haven't." He says, "Well, they're not true." I says, "Well, what's not true?" And he says, "We're not changing anything. You know, the format's staying exactly the same." Wow. 
But uh, I tell you what, what's his name left a lot of fans over there. You know, because of this so-called feud that Was we that had. Rick Riley? Yeah. Sud's uh, <laughs> partner. Uh, all morning long, people were coming in. You know, volunteering stories about, you know, what a rectum orifice he is. I mean, just person after person, secretaries, cleaning people. I mean, everybody over there. So, in other words, Fidel you, do, Castro, you do hate him like poison. Everybody right? at Waxy hates him like no, poison. No, but you do too, right? No, I don't hate him like poison. Close. Well, yeah, like okay. bad-tasting medicine. Okay. Uh, do we have a book, by the way? Can we get the summer book? Somebody get a, uh, the book in here. Have you seen it, the whole book? I've only seen it. They, they sent me the 12 plus. No, no, no. That's no. all they sent the whole me. book in here. Yeah. When you come here, we do it right. We give sure. you a pumpkin. We bring in pizza law. Yeah, where would these come from? The kind uh, you were at the Breeders' Cup. Yeah. Oh, I cried like Jeez. everyone else. You know, I was thinking of you being there when yeah, I watched that. I, I have never in all the years. I've been going to the track for 30 years, and I've never seen so much so bad happen. In such well, a short, yeah, not, not only you had three horses yeah. destroyed, Antley with a broken yeah. uh, collarbone, and then the finish of the first race all screwed up because yeah, the horse jumped in the shadow. shadow. Yeah, and it just seemed like the whole day was like a cloud hanging over it. And then they had only fifty thousand people because the weather was garbage the day before. What a disaster. Oh, and it was just a... Ter you know, if we don't get the Breeders' Cup back after last Saturday, it, it just was so totally unplayed. When when I left for the track in the morning, I left early because I, the anticipated crowd, which turned out not to be that great anyway. Uh, it was 36 degrees. Mm. That's no weather to go out no. and have a good time. Especially, they had seats there for 18,000 people, and the worst thing that you could do, you could not sit in those seats all day long. You think I sound, if you, you would have died of pneumonia before the afternoon was over, because the way Gulfstream is built so that the sun is not in people's faces all day, mm. the sun sinks over the grandstand by right. noontime. So you were in absolute shade with this wind whooping by. The wind chill factor had to be in the 20s. Nobody there had a, you know, the, be, besides what happened on the racetrack, it was impossible to have a good time. You mean I mean, Belmont. You said yeah. Gulfstream was a Freudian. No, oh, yeah. Well, I think, and, you know, one of the things that's kind of amusing is Gulfstream Thank had you. all those problems last year with the racetrack. And who did they bring down? They brought down Joe King, who who, who does the strip at, at Belmont. And, and, you know, after what happened Saturday, you get, wow. But he's the guy who's redesigning the rebuilding of oh, Gulfstream. Well, embarrassing. Street. You were there, so you didn't see the TV thing on NBC. But they kept, like, for, they were talking to uh, Greg McCarran, who yeah. was out on the, yeah. the Outrider. And uh, he kept saying, well, you know, there's got to be something wrong. And, of course, the D. Wayne Lucas went nuts, too, because the day before they had had horses that, had, that broke down. Oh, two of them. Went, yeah, I had one of them. Yeah, why not try? I had. And then Lucas lost earlier in the week. A filly was a right. full sister to house, but what is she worth? And she broke down, and he yeah. had this short. The track looked real yeah. deep. I mean, you know, it's hard to tell on television, but, but it looked yeah, awful deep. Well, it was real sandy. What, what had happened was on Monday, I didn't go up until Wednesday, but on Monday they had had seven inches of rain overnight. And so they didn't really put much water into the track. And so it just got real deep and sandy. And uh, it was just, uh, speaking of sandy, uh, anyway. Yeah. Uh, so it, it just wasn't good. In defense of the track, uh, you know, two of the horses who died, Mr. Nickerson took a heart attack. You can't blame that on the track. And, and shaking it tripped over Mr. Right. Nickerson, so you can't blame that on the track. But th there were two that went down on Friday in the Lucas Philly. And, and really what, it ha what happened was Go for One just overextended herself. And, and the crime is that... Like Ruffian. Yeah, exactly. She's racing against the cold. And uh, the, the crime was that that probably would have been remembered as the greatest race since affirmed in Alida. Uh, I had Bayakoa, and I didn't want to win. I mean, when, I, when that happened, I cried. I'm not ashamed to say it. I, there wasn't a dry eye. I mean... A lot of people left, they said. After yeah, it, it just, ju just put a pall on the day. And, and, you know, it made it worse. I was outside for the race, and, and I had binoculars on it. Oh, and you know, when, when she, one thing NBC did, I remember the one of the feuds you and I right, had was over the space shuttle, CBS space shuttle coverage. Yeah, right. 
And NBC, uh, they were right up there with CBS. Yeah. They showed it over and over yeah. and over, and then they kept sticking the microphone in the faces of like the, all the, all the connections yeah. of Go for One, the groom and the trainer and the owners. And, and I mean, geez, obviously these people are going to be in shock and crying and hysterical. I mean, well, is that you, a surprise? No, you watch news any night. You're going to find, you know, that's yeah, all they want to show you. You know, you know, they have these streaks in football, like an end is caught a pass in 82 straight games. I mean, you could do the same thing. One, how many how many straight nights do you have somebody crying at some point in the news? I mean, it's you know, it's a very dramatic photograph. Uh, but what happened was when when she went down, I knew I had to race one with Bayakoa. I had no no other perfectors involved. I only used so I, instead of watching Bayakoa, I kept it on her, and I saw her get up and try and run with the leg flapping. Uh -huh. And and I just I just dropped my glasses down, yeah. and the tears just That's started. That's the most horrible thing. And I turned around and I walked before I, I just walked right into the stands and sat down and put my head in my hands. I cried. I mean, I, and like I say, I was one of 50,000 people crying. Yeah. It was terrible. Well, while we're, uh, there'll be a lot of people crying when they see the numbers in this book, but you look at it while we do a little break. Tom Jick is here, the radio TV writer for the Fort Lauderdale News and Sun Sentinel, Rick, Rick Riley's close personal friend. It's 21 after 10 at WIOD. I want to tell you about the Armadillo Cafe. Now, what did I do with that little thing that I had? I heard him say it the other day. Howard, yeah, is going to be on in L.A. Howard's, yeah, now he's on in Washington, Philadelphia, New York, and he's going to be on in L.A. I guess they're going to try and syndicate the show nationally. Watch out, Ranieri. Anyway, it's 1026. Tom Jick is with us now. Um, I don't know where to start. I really don't. We did the Budell thing. I don't want to spend four hours ripping Rick Riley, but you do, obviously. Now, you're looking in the book. Yeah. Did you look at any of the numbers for the afternoon? Did you see? No, I mean, the guys really had big numbers. Oh, they did. I, Forget I about the, personality. Well, first of all, that's, yeah. well, wait a minute. That's what bothers a lot of people is that they feel, and I think this is what bothers him. He can handle people hating him because a lot of people already do. But when you give the impression that you allow your personal feelings to cloud your judgment. In other words, you hate somebody, they get a big book, and you don't want to give them credit. Now, when you say anybody who follows Neil gets numbers... Well, anybody gets a number, but the number can be like a one. And Bennett certainly didn't get a number. In fact, he brought the whole station down. The station was dying, yeah. dying. Well, when Alex Bennett, but he shot there. himself in the foot. He was, you know, he was on here announcing every day he was leaving. And uh, I, I understand that, but that was still a byproduct of whatever his act was and yeah. what he did. And the station was dying. These guys came along, and it took a while. Took it like anything does. But they, like I kept saying, leave somebody, you know, leave it alone for a few months and give it a chance. Yeah. And the audience likes him. They love him. And they're doing, you know, whether you like him or not, well, I, I, they're doing they, well. First of all... And I'm not just saying I, it because I work here, because I'd be the first one to tell you that Alex was an abortion and that some of the people have been on at night. I don't want to mention a particular name, but I'm not too crazy about it. But they're doing it. Yeah. First of all, two things. One, that they, they got, you know, that they totally overlooked, and I can't believe that it wasn't intentional, is I write an opinionated column. If they don't know that, then he's an imbecile. I mean, I I am I report, but I have a SIG. I write. A, I am the TV radio columnist. My col anyone who reads my column knows opinion in it every day. That's first of all. Second of all, he intentionally missed the point of that piece, purposefully missed it. And in that piece, I said they had an impressive book. I did, right in black and white. He can bring it in here and read it. I said they had an impressive book. What I was saying was, and the whole purpose of the it, it was a small. Actually, it wasn't even a column. It was part of a column. What I said was that they shot themselves in the foot here, not carrying the baseball. That you want to be the sports station in town. Well, that was a separate yeah. thing. I said that first. I was the first one to say and it. And everybody said it. Right said it. On the Hank air. said it on the air. Embarrassing. Right. All right. And that was the point of the column. But you got to remember that that's the nature of the business. And again, I'm not covering up because it was grotesquely embarrassing. But like I mentioned, QAM carried the Mets all season long.
They were still in it right down at last weekend. It was touch and go. And then all of a sudden, the last couple of weekends, they don't carry day games on a Saturday and Sunday because okay. they had one day they had FSU football or some other thing. So and that and that game, by the way, was on Sports Channel New York. So ninety nine percent of the people here couldn't see it. I yeah, I'm fan. I yeah, but at least they, they did it. They had a commitment to Florida football. I would rather see the Mets, but apparently, you know, you, you could make the argument more people. But it was sports for sports. What this was, this was the playoffs, and they had you had the rights. If you don't carry the playoffs, how can you call yourself the sports station oh, and then black people out of the play? So that was the point of the column. Now I called Gary up, and and the reason. Yeah, I got a hair up my behind because he stopped. You know, generally we have a very cordial conversation, but he got nasty as soon as I called up on the phone. Not he, you know, he got, yeah, yeah. yeah, he did. So and uh, so so then he says to me, he starts this crap thing, well, Rick and Sai's audience wanted them on. And I says, well, when was that poll taken? And he says, well, it was the ratings. So all I was saying was, the point of that was that the reason some stations don't want to pull somebody off the air for a couple of days is you're afraid you know their audience will drift away my point was as long as these guys are playing behind you they're not going to drift away you're, you're going to deliver an audience they could be gone for a month and the audience is going to find them again because they're going to come in behind you I would tell you this if, if Alex Bennett was still in the station God forbid I'd still have a four maybe a three by now I believe that I don't. I think that book was an aberration. Now, to some extent, I mean, granted, there was a lot of bad ethnic sampling, and Broward was under sample. We've been through that a million times. But I'm telling you, we were going through tough times. We talked about it on the air every day. Things and are not good here. Everybody was fighting with each other. You can't survive that way. I mean, if it's done in fun, that's one thing. But it wasn't fun. It was painful. It was yeah. excruciating. Oh, yeah. And, and he, like I said, the constant hopping, I'm not going to be here tomorrow. And... Like, you do things in jest. I mean, he sounded, every day he said it, I thought he meant it. I really did. He sounded like he meant it. There was no humor in it. There was, you know. So, but behind, anyway, to get back to these guys. So what did they, they had a big book, right? Yeah, but they just coincidentally, they had a big book behind your biggest book. Now, let's see if your number slipped a little bit. I guarantee you their number slips, too. So in other words, you don't want to give them any credit, though? I give them credit. I'll, give them, I'll tell you what. Let me, let me I'll, ask you this. I'll, I'll, I'll translate what Rick Riley said, and I'll give yeah. him credit for that. You, congratulations, Rick. You're a giant. You scared away fewer of Neil's audience than, than Alex did. All right? <laughs> That's what he thought. Brutal. That's what he did. Brutal. Alex Bennett ran away half even your with, audience. They only ran away a third of your audience. pneumonia, the man is still brutal. It's incredible. Like I said the other day when well, I called, put those two guys on behind Debbie Ellis and they're a hash mark. Well, let, put anybody on behind Debbie Ellis and uh, you can't even see him, okay? You could put all these pumpkins behind Debbie nobody would see him. So in other words, as far as the show is concerned, forget about the personalities. Do you think they have a bad show? No, oh. I don't. It's, uh, it, it's a show that, that we, that's worn old on me. Maybe I'm too old for them. I think, you know, I think they're target audience. Well, there's no question that they're more 18, No, 18 to 34, I think, is more than that. the bottom okay. end of that. And like I said, I mean, you know, squirt whipped cream down your pants doesn't okay, get somebody dirty something. That. that little of that can go a long way. But then again, Friday, now you weren't here. I heard it was one, one of the greatest radio shows, shows in the history of broadcasting. And not just because well, I was involved in it, but because it was significant. Well, a blind was, uh, squirrel finds an acorn every now and then. <laughs> but I mean, he's the one who sat like here that. and ripped me for four hours, and he ripped me overlooking the purpose of the column, distorting what I actually do, and allowing these... Jerks that called up, you know, to make all sorts of vile threats for four hours. Threats? You know, you know, uh, somebody ought to take care of that Tom Jicker and things like that. And, you know, he's the one who did it for four hours, not me. 
And he's the one who came in here like a moron the last he time I was on here here. today. I tell you that. Well, I tell you what, if Nobody's he does, I'm coming not coming. In. The last three times I've been here, I've been yeah. attacked by Well, somebody. that's why I said that. It just uh, it gets to be. See, when he first came in, I didn't realize that was going to happen. Nobody could have known that. And I thought it was going to be a little fun. It wasn't fun. I'd be glad to sit protest. in a microphone and date, debate with him, you know, and, you know, person to person intelligently. But, I mean, the way he came in, you know, roaring and calling, you know, name calling and things like that. And he's the one who did it for four hours. I didn't start this. He's a hothead, don't you understand? That exactly. guy's a hothead. He's temperamental. He's hysterical. He's a maniac. But they're kicking ass. They're okay. doing very well. And I said that in the column. I said they had an impressive book. It's in the column. Let like him come it? in and read the column and show me where that's not. He can't do it. It's in the column. You feel better. But he never that. mentioned you that. when he came in here, he was sick as a dog. Even his hair is back in place now. He's like uh, the old-time jicka. <laughs> After another hour of this, he'll be feeling great. I'm getting as hysterical as him. Yeah, that's good. We like that. 10.33. We got Kane to talk about. We got W. Snooze. God, I can't believe uh, it. Uh, uh, and I ripped you good this last uh, few days. I, I said, heard man, the guy goes up there to the Breeders' Cup, which I can understand because I love racing. I planned that trip for I months. understand that, but just bad timing, and all of a sudden, all hell breaks loose. I mean, we got W. Snooze. We got Steve going back to FDL, coming back on the air. We got uh, the funeral on Friday. If I had an ego the size of Riley, I'd think that they did it for that reason because they knew I was out of town. But well, I don't have an ego that size. Nobody has an ego that size. We probably did. Not even Kane. <laughs> now you're really no, losing no, your No, not really. Well, now you're he's losing certainly your a lot more pleasant to deal with. I guess egos, it, it's Well, a, this is going to see now. I've got to say this again because I don't like getting sucked into things where I take a position because somebody else wants me to do that. I just refuse to do that. I'm not Kane, no, I'm not talking about you. Kane and I have had, as you know, Times when we hate. Well, I, don't, I can't speak for him. There were times I hated the man like poison. I mean, like poison. I know. I don't. I don't. Not only don't I dislike him. Now he showed up at the thing on Friday. Yeah. Okay, when we got over there and we were in a big empty lot. I like Steve. I know he's good. People now see a lot of people in the audience say, "Oh, geez, we can't believe you're saying." I do. Not, I mean, not, not not like a close personal friend. I don't look upon him that way. He's not really a bad guy. He's got his things like all of us do in a business. We're all a little screwy. And he's his own worst enemy. There's no question about that. But I don't dislike him. Yeah. And that bothers some people. And I'm not going to sit here and say, well, I hate him, I hate you, just to make anybody else happy, because I don't. Well, and, and, the other, and I don't wish anybody, in the, for all the kidding around I do, I want to make it clear, I don't wish anybody on the talent end in this business bad luck, whether it's Al. I like Al. I mean, I give it to him all the time, but this, that's the business. That's what I do. Sandy, I don't even know her, okay? Debbie, I've never met her in my life. What do I know? I wish all those people good luck. I would like to see them find work. I don't. I don't dislike it. I had a little bit of a feud going with Debbie. I don't even remember how that got started. But uh, I mean, personally, and I, if I, your blimp ever goes down, there's always uh, something like right, that. I mean, I, I hope she finds work. I just hope it's somewhere far away from here. Exactly. Ten thirty-five at WIOD with Tom Jicka, and we'll be right back. Twenty-two to eleven at WIOD. Now let's uh, talk about W Snooze. Like I said, you missed a great day on Friday. People still uh, all reports I'm getting. Yeah, it was one of the great radio shows of all time. And uh, I went through that long list. But the sad part of it is, like I said yesterday, here's a guy, Dennis Collins, the general mangler over there, who's been Jefferson Pilot came into this market. They bought WGBS, which was a dying giant at the time. It used to be a big MOR, and of course MOR died years ago, and it was dying. And they bought it, and they made it all talk. And at that time, it was amazing. We had four stations in this market doing so-called topical right. talk. We had INZ, this station, W... 
GBS and GBS and WNWS, which at that time was owned by Neil Rockoff, right. which is also after I got out. Thank God. Did you have, remember leaving new Lou Cronin? I hope you didn't leave his name out. How could we leave his name? I even told a story about Jerry Williams trying to uh, turn the desk over on top of him, and also the bird seat episode. Bird oh, when the you were in the hallway. I, I've ever been forcibly thrown out of a station. Yeah, mm -hmm. and you're in the hallway hiding, and he's in there screaming at me during a break, cut the crap! It wasn't crap, but that's the closest I can say. We're going to lose the license, cut the... And I'm sitting there with a jar of bird seed, yeah. which he thought was marijuana seeds, and, of course, that's Lucron. But anyway, they ruined GBS. They brought in all these losers. They brought in the David Gold, and, uh, well, well, that was Fowler's doing. No, but I'm saying Fowler was in charge of it. Dennis Collins was the GM, and they put it on the air, and they got ones. They never... They never... And that's station at that time had the big, and it still does, 710, which is now Radio Mambi, yeah. the biggest, strongest daytime AM signal of any station in the market. You can hear them in Tampa in the daytime. Yeah. And they had a one. Uh, it's, it's criminal. I mean, when you think about it, they did not make one good hire over there in all the time they had the stations. Think about it. They inherited Al. Al. Al came along with the license and the building and everything else. And, and Wichner. You know, they brought, yeah, well, yeah, all right, yeah, and then they brought in, you know, a succession of people, like you say, David Gold and, uh, and, and, and the, guy who, Fowler. the guy who went up to Buffalo with uh, Mike Anthony. Uh, he was the program. He, he, he was like the producer, but he did a show, too. The kid who got arrested in the prostitution thing up in Palm Beach. Oh, um, Doug Young. Doug Young, yeah. yeah. And him, and uh, they do, it's just one person after another. They got rid of somebody, and they brought in somebody even worse. They didn't make... You would think just the law of averages. They, they would have hired one good person. Yeah, just moving the around, changing moving the hours. time slots. Al in the afternoon, Al in midday, Al in the morning, Debbie in the afternoon, Debbie in midday, Sandy in the midday, Sandy in the afternoon. Not only did they bring any new people in, but they also just kept trying to peddle the same crap with the same old callers and the same old guests. And you know, and, and, and then they just can't. They don't understand. And they didn't they, have the nerve. They to killed. Talk. They yeah. killed topical talk. They didn't want to do anything really wild. And on the other hand, they didn't want to do anything entertaining or different. So they're stuck with that one geriatric-oriented thing. Yeah, and it died. Is that a big surprise? No. If, you, if you're going to do talk, you've got to be willing to take some heat. I mean, this place took a lot of heat when you were doing, you know, things, and uh, and 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 they they bore the heat, and it's worked out well. You know, you got a, a big book. Uh, they were afraid. All it took was one letter, and and they were just crapping their pants. It was that simple, and there would be a note. We won't talk about this anymore. Kind of like what happened to me on Budel Show. We will not talk about other stations. Yeah. We will not talk about other personalities. We will not. Well, when you start, you know, with all the will nots, that you won't do this, you won't do this. What's left? You know the the old the old reliable three abortion birth control and bilingual. What they got on there now? This Don't radio memories, radio death. I'm, I'm I can't you, believe it. I am so obsessed with it. I got to be honest with you. Every morning coming to work, I listen to Mike. But now I'm punching over there, in, not because I'm enjoying it, in shock, just to see if this is really the format. I mean, yesterday I'm coming to work. They're playing the Woodchopper's Ball by Woody. And Herman. I told you, I heard them. I mean, stuff that's like been out since uh, since high button shoes forty years ago, fifty well, years. All ago. they got for spots are public service announcements. That's all. I tuned in yesterday because you were talking about it. So I flipped up on your commercial, and and here's Audrey Meadows doing a spot for the Humane Society, and behind it they're playing this guy's in love with you, <laughs> right right behind the spot, like it was two radio stations. And you know, and we talk about the things we say off the air. And during the last break, I, I said to you, they can't be serious with this this format. I mean, I, I can't believe Could that. Could that be a subliminal message? You think maybe they're into a little um, bestiality or something? I don't know, but they can't be. I, who's going to listen to it? 
they'd be stealing their own audience for the life. Like you said yesterday, these are the people that are too old for life. And how can he still be there? How can, De and again, uh, if people think it's personal on my part, they're right, because to me he's one of the most objectionable people I've ever encountered in this business, and almost everybody who's ever worked there will tell you exactly the same thing. Um, I don't know if he's still doing it, and if he does, that's fine with me. He had people taping this show for a long time, every day, waiting for me to say something that he could take legal action on, okay? Well, that, that's, that's the kind of paranoia that exists My personal there. feeling, and this is just personal feeling, was when the witch hunts were going on, he had a big role in it. That's yeah. my feeling. Oh, I believe that. Uh, and, and there's plenty, I have plenty of evidence to substantiate Yeah, right. I mean, yeah. I, can't, I have no proof, no evidence, but, you know, if you put a gun to my head and said yes or no, I would say yes. And uh, and for someone who's running a radio station, and that bothers me. If you, yeah. in other words, the message that comes from that is, if you can't compete, destroy the opposition. What kind of crap is that? Yeah. In other words, if you want to do uh, the same format or something close to it, compete. Put some good people on the air. Do something exciting. Do something different. Don't try to run everybody else out of town. Well, and they couldn't compete at any point. Well, and it's like. You know, it's like letting the fox loose in the neighbor's chicken coop, but not having a fence on yours. I mean, when you're doing a when you're doing a talk program, talk radio yourself, to encourage anybody to try and stifle talk is crazy, because it's just going to be a matter of time, as it turned out. And uh, it, I don't know. I, I do know they 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 would never. You know, I did the, the story with Dennis, and he says I'm a talk guy. I'm committed to talk. But where was the evidence of that? He never gave his people... I, I understand Al had a piece on Saturday. I was out of town where he said that he never got the support. And that, that was certainly my perception, and, and from the conversations I'd had with the people on that station, that they got no support from the station. When they got a crank letter, instead of the GM coming in and going, don't worry about it, do your show, he'd go, we can't have this, we can't have this. And how can you do a show then, when you've got to sit here and worry about every word you're saying? In addition to which, they did the thing that KT had done back in the... I guess KT had no choice, didn't have much of a signal. But basically what they were saying is, well, what's wrong with appealing to people over the age of 100? What's wrong with that? And let's put on all the Feldine spots and all the spots I for fell 501. Down and I can't exactly. And uh, suddenly they discovered that nobody wanted to buy that audience, what little they had, and uh, there you was something sell it wrong. Fire sale rates. Yeah. You can't support a station like that. And, you know, another uh, Saturdays, when... As Reagan faded and, as, you know, Reaganism faded and, and the country kind of the pendulum's kind of swinging back the other way now, what do they do? They put eight hours of right-wing lunacy on on Saturday afternoon. Right at the time when the, the country's going the other way, they, they put it on. They got Thompson and the other guy from uh, L.A. You know, Mike Thompson and... Uh, Rush Bing Bong. Yeah, right. I mean, they put eight hours of right-wing mania on there when the country's going the other way. It was just like... It's like they had a death wish. They just wanted to commit suicide. That if they brought the ratings down far enough, there would be no choice, and they could throw up their hands and go, "We tried. What do we do?" No, I don't, I, they just don't know any better. That's all they know. Yeah, that, that certainly. You know, the evidence suggests that. Uh, but you're not going to believe the celebrity caller that's on the bat line now, looking for publicity. Mr. Chicka, Mr. Rogers, how are you doing? How are you doing, Steve? We're going to start charging you by the minute for this, you know. What do you charge a spot on this thing? I was thinking of taking ads on your show. You have a large audience, you know. Yeah, for you, we got a special rate, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, i got to tell you, we got to get all this in before next Monday when I go on, because management at FTL has told me they don't want me to uh, be on your show to promote uh, an audience for you. Well, they've done a good job up there, too, Steve. I really wish you a lot of luck. That's a joke, but <laughs> You know, you, you, talk about, you, you talk about walking into a hornet's nest. I mean, you know, if I were you, I'd spray the microphone when I get in in the morning because, uh, or in the afternoon. I don't think the guy in front of you is a big fan of yours. Oh, listen, they just have to get to know me a little bit. They'll all love me. You know Who is that? that? 
Who's the Mike guy? Roberts. Well, I have a piece tomorrow in the paper on you, Steve, and you might might be interested in some of the things he has to say. I, I'm sure they're all glowing. Yeah. In one way or another. Listen, why Bizarre is one of the words. The reason I called, I was listening to you talking about Dennis Collins and how they didn't give any support over there. The great story, I, I just wanted to bring it back to mind, was in the height of the AIDS epidemic, when I, uh, you know, wanted to do something innovative like bring a person with AIDS in studio. Oh, that's when following that. You, right? uh, well, uh, Fowler and, um, you know, Mr. Thompson, Mike Thompson was afraid that the AIDS virus would get in the air conditioner, he told them. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, that he might care or something like that. But anyway, you know, the thing went to Dennis. And uh, believe it or not, uh, for the longest time, uh, Dennis refused to let me uh, have anybody with AIDS in the studio. And I said, Dennis, you know, you keep billing us as we're the public service station, and we're here to help, and we're community-oriented. I said, what kind of a message is this we're sending out in the height of this panic? And it was only after the story was getting ready to go on 60 Minutes that he uh, finally relented. But uh, not what you'd call a great... Well, you dealt with him over there. Did you ever get any support on any issues? Uh... The interesting thing is, I got with the see that the AIDS thing was the beginning of my the deterioration of my relationship with Dennis. I used to get along with him pretty well. I found him pleasant, and uh, I had really nothing bad to say about him. In fact, we even parted on pretty good terms. But uh, the station took so much heat. Uh, you know, I think what happened is Al leaked to the Weekly News that uh, Dennis wasn't letting a person with AIDS in the in the building. Although Dennis told me, he says, I know there's no chance anybody can get it, but I have to be concerned with the feeling of my other employees, which uh, didn't didn't hold a lot of water for which, me. Which Wichner was also one of them, too, by the way. They didn't want to come in the studio. Yeah. Uh, that I doesn't don't... surprise me. It was a crazy well, he time. He could have shot the germs. They were right with his 45. Yeah. Anyway, I don't want to hog any more airtime. Thanks for letting me on. Don't forget, next Monday, Tom Jacob, my guest on <laughs> FTL, 1400 on the dot. We can handle it, Steve. All right, guys. Hey, thanks a lot. Okay. Bye. Now, what other station in America would allow that? Huh? I can't think of one. And this one probably won't either. It's been nice working here. <laughs> anyway, it's 11 till 11 at WYOD. I know somebody is hysterical right at this moment. Nah, relax. Everybody's under control. Right, Rick? Huh? Where's that cart? Okay, let's uh, tell you about Toyota of Hollywood right now. Great news for Toyota. 1053 at WIOD. Maybe you can give us a preview of tomorrow's column about Steve going to FTL since he was just on. Well, it's, it's just really, you know, again, Steve, as you say, is one of the few people that's willing to discuss finances. And, he, you know, he laid out the whole deal that he has. That no, he gets I, I, Steve, I know you're still listening. Don't do it anymore. I mean, I know you won't listen to me. I think that well, is so... People are fascinated so, by it. Nah, I don't agree with you. I think it's crass. I think it's demeaning. Can you can you imagine, like, David Letterman coming on here when I say, hey, NBC is paying me uh, $6 million but, a year. Yeah, but look at... Oh, it just it makes my they, skin You know, we run, we run charts on what every player in the Dolphins make and what every player in Major League different, Baseball makes. Different... Uh, well, it's show business. So anyway, so Steve, the deal he worked out with them is he gets fifty percent of all the revenue he brings in, and he and he says that he's already got three hundred thousand dollars for the first year, signed up, signed, sealed, and delivered. Yeah. So if he does, he's going to be making a real handsome salary. Well, he must be going to run a lot of spots because if people are going to pay the kind of rate that that would translate to, I just don't understand it. What? A minute. What? A dollar a minute? No. How much? Hundred. Hundred dollars a minute on FTL. Boy, we ought to hire him here as a salesman. If he can get a hundred bucks for a spot on FTL, he has to be the greatest salesman in the history, not just of radio. He says that 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 is incredible. Again, I I have this. Anybody in this in this community that would, and and it's not a knock on Steve, but let's face it, 
Well, I'll give you his explanation. No, no, wait a minute. Let me just say this. Let's face it. That station is a zero. And they got about a one now with their big bands. But you know the damn well the people who are listening to the big bands are not going to be the ones listening to Steve, okay? No, I say that. So he has tomorrow. to build his entire audience from scratch. zero. Now, if he's got that many people that are willing to spend that kind of money on a station with limited signal and starting from zero, all I can say well, is uh, I'll, more I'll tell power you, again, too. this is not out That's of school incredible. because this is all in the column tomorrow, but Steve's argument is that when he was, most of his, most of, a lot of his sponsors, certainly the ones that he's taken with him, most of them, uh, are Broward restaurants. And he said when they were buying him here for approximately double that, yeah. they were spending a lot of their money on people who are unlikely to be the, the customers. I mean, if you live in Kendall like I do, you're not likely yeah, to But how many people live within three miles of the tower? No, 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 FTL's got a, If you're in Broward, you can get FTL anywhere in Broward. It's got a good signal in Broward. It does. And so his argument is that they're getting Steve Kane for half price. They're, they're reaching us. It's in like cable TV. You realize now that it's... Uh, no, it even goes up into Boca. You can get it. Like between 5 and 6 p.m.? It's no, going to no, get no, in no. Boca in the wintertime, like in November, December, January, well, I'm not February, an expert on radio patterns, well, no, the point is you have to cut your power down when you're, like we do, you have to change yeah. pattern at sundown. And as you get into these months of the year, I'm not trying to create a bad situation for Steve. I'm just laying it out like it is. After uh, 5 or 5.15, which will probably be in November or December, you can't hear it, like anywhere, except uh, Fort Lauderdale, parts of Plantation. I, I mean, it's really a marginal signal. Again, I, I, if you have that, if you know that, then you know more than I do. But, but again, that's, that's uh, part this, of the this year. This is how Steve is selling, selling the, uh, the, the program. That they're getting Steve Kane, and, and on that basis, it, it makes sense. Uh, you know, they get, you're getting them for half. Well, okay, let's turn it around. I will look at it from this standpoint. What, whatever he does on there is going to be so far and away the biggest thing that's ever happened on that stage. Oh, yeah. That he's certainly going to do well. If he can sustain the well, revenue he, or not, he, that, that's up for grabs. Like he I says mean. he's bringing in more money the first week than they saw in the, in the, in the year. That I, they did I believe it. I believe it because the station is a zero, and I know that they've had real financial nightmares in that place. I mean, oh, there's been talk. Of, I mean, I have quotes in the column tomorrow where the where the uh, the owner and, and and Mike Roberts, you know, almost say in terms of, hey, it was this, or, you know, turn off the transmitter. I mean, they didn't yeah. they didn't quite say that, but they say, hey, we had to do something. You know, we had to keep the station, you know, vibrant and uh, alive and. Steve is bringing in a lot of money, and they're, they're not on But isn't it interesting, though, you say that Stern is going to be on in L.A.? Isn't it amazing that people who do things that are different and radical and exciting and fun and interesting, those people succeed? People who want to keep doing the same boring crap and try to shove it down the public's throat and force-feed them fail. WLS in Chicago, all the Cap City stations, WABC in New York, they're trying to do that same old boring stuff. The public's burnt out on it. They don't give a damn. You want they don't excitement. care. People are looking for excitement in their lives. Most people have very mundane lives, and they're looking for excitement. That's, it's the same thing on television. You, you do something, well, I shouldn't say that. This year, the things that are doing different. But uh, uh, yeah, even for a while, uh, the moron. Uh, Which one? The guy with the screamer. I, but my brain, I'm, I'm on so much, yeah, right. I'm on so much medication for this cold. I'm, I'm losing. Anyway, uh, Mort Downey, he can't, even for a year at work because he was different. He was, ex there was some life in the show. It was a horrendous show, I agree, but it was different. And it was, you didn't know if the guy was going to self-destruct on the air or not. I go back to a story I said often when, when uh, Evil Knievel was jumping over the Snake River. And he said, you know, well, who do you think is going to come to see this? And he said, well, I'll tell you who's going to come. He says, 10% of the, the people that come are going to want to see me make it. He says, 10% are going to want to see me fail. And the other 80% are there, just in case they fail, they want to see me die. Oh, yeah. And, and that's it, people. You know, if, if you... If a guy, the Howard Beale thing, you know, he takes the gun, you, you tuned in just to see what he would do. I mean, I, I think that's part of the appeal now of Dan Rather. You know, tune in tonight. This might be the <laughs> night that Dan loses it. 
Uh, you oh. just don't know, and and people will tune in. To see. I hate to even say it, but the thought occurred to me when I was trying to just gather my thoughts and think about the Breeders' Cup that because of what happened this Saturday, the audience might go up next year just because there are people who tune in out of ghoulish oh, yeah. curiosity. And uh, you know, I I don't I almost like the season. You know, say we don't want you get away. You know, we don't. If that's why you tuned in, don't. You know, and I'm not being like the auto the auto races love to say, well, people don't come to see the accidents. Yeah, right. Oh, sure. Yeah, if the Indianapolis 500 ever devised a way that there would be no accidents, you know, you you, you couldn't get it on WFTL. Never mind network television. Okay, we're at the end of the first hour. We had uh, a momentous first hour here. We got a lot more to talk about. And uh, Tom Jick is with us. Food from Pizza Loft will be coming any minute, right? We're getting some good chow for we Tom might here. We have a report after. Might have a report. He's got another uh, call that off the air we'll be uh, discussing and seeing what's going on. Could be private, in which case I won't ask you too many questions. Anyway, we got Henry Barrow standing by. Of course, Henry uh, kind of takes this all in stride. He's seen it come and go. 26 years. He's still waiting for that hurricane. He's been leading newscasts. 26, 26 years. years the man has been here, yeah. and they still won't let him back in the stadium. It's just uh, incredible. They have his picture there, like at the racetrack, right? Undesirables. Exactly. Henry Barrow keeping right. out. Yeah. With, with bars across. All the, all the vendors have been told, if you spot this guy, turn him in. There's a picture, in fact, of Henry right on the back of Mr. Weaver's chair up there. Have you seen this man, it says. Anyway, Henry's got our 11 o'clock WIOD news. We'll come back with Tom Jicka at 11.05. Two of Tom's favorites, Dick and Dud, will be along from 2 to 6 this afternoon. Video expert, Dr. G. Glenn, former vice president of CBS Research Lab, and Janet Van Ransburg, editor of Video Times Magazine, to talk about Lady's Video Gizmos, exciting payphone challenge, 14B. Sports Talk, Sunny and Joe at 6.05, and Randy at 8. South Florida's news, traffic and weather station. News Talk Radio 610 WIOD, Miami, Fort Lauderdale. News Talk Radio 610 WIOD presents The Neil Rogers Show. To get in touch and talk with Neil, dial 751-WIOD from Dave. In Broward, it's 524-WIOD. Palm Beach, 655-WIOD. And Bell South Mobility customers make it a free call by dialing star IOD. The opinions expressed by the guest host or callers are not necessarily those of this station. Now here's Neil Rogers on News Talk Radio 610 WIOD. Tonight on the National Geographic Special. After 14 months at sea, Jacques Cousteau observed subtle changes in his crew's behavior. As we enter the Saragasso Sea, I noticed that Philippe has removed his wetsuit and slipped into a provocative silk teddy with matching French cut panties. I am aghast. But the entire crew of the Calypso has suddenly changed into Picaboo lingerie and push-up brasiers. Don't miss the season premiere of the underwear world of Jean Cousteau. The sea is a strange mistress, and so is my first mate, Jean-Claude. Bonjour, mon capitaine. Uh-oh. Tonight on PBS. What are you guys talking about? I should have just let him go, shouldn't I? I should have let him keep going. What, is Halcyon running the board now? What? And she's shaking her head like, I don't know what I'm doing. What is going on here? What is this, like ding-dong school? Come on, guys. Give us a break. Cut it out, Halcyon. She's a wonderful little lady, but uh, let's not screw up the show yet. Maybe it's sabotage. Maybe, Maybe they're uh, sending their people over here. Or somebody from the afternoon show. Well, could be. Well, we'll find out, I guess. I'm is sorry. your mic on? Is the mic on? Yeah, my, 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 my. Is it on? Come on, yeah. 
Okay. Well, just checking. We want to be real professional because we have a lot of people in the business listening. I think we have everyone in the business from the calls we've been getting. Yeah. Unbelievable. Well, so we left some stuff out, huh? Is there anything else we want to say about uh, WNWS may it rest in peace no. and about how they drove it into the ground and about, jeez. Uh, and, of course, I went there the day it was on the air, and Al was there and Charlie Campus and uh, Stan Major and Mickey Dane. And, uh, Mickey and I Dane is another one. Oh, yeah. she called in the other day. Yeah. See, last Thursday and Friday, when you she were... didn't know it was coming? Well, she's, uh, she's still trying to figure out who's with a B. Oh. Like Barbara Studley, perhaps. That could be it. But anyway, uh, and I did this thing. I still have them, by the way. I'm never going to throw this away. And we kept adding to the list of all the names. God, the is that many? Who had worked there. That what do you many? mean, are there that many? I got pages and pages. And when we did our little uh, when you think that thing only... over there, I read them all off. We had some appropriate music, and I read all of these names. Arlene Wolf, Barbara Sergio Studley. Pereira. Oh, God, what a list this is. John uh-huh. Levitt. Wow. Stacy Lieberman. Man. Nancy McCartney. Oh, I'll tell you a story about John Levitt. I go up to, you know, I stayed at my mother's in Jersey. Uh-huh. Who moves in next door to her last week? A guy named Al Gordon, who used to do traffic or something, he said on your show. And he, I, the, I, he knocks on the door and he says, you're Tom Jekyll? He says, yeah. He says, you know, when your mother moved in, I saw the name. I knew it had to be, you know, or some kind of relative. And he came in, he sat for about an hour telling you, going over all the, And one of the names he mentioned was John Levitt. And, one day, you know, and I was telling him because I had just gotten off the phone with all the nonsense going on down here. And he says, well, I was, I was hoping to come back down to the market. He's doing some kind of uh, Jewish ethnic show on Sunday in some obscure station. Uh-huh. Yeah, and he, yeah, John Levitt. He says, wow. I, I worked with John Levitt when he was there on the board and everything. Boy. That's yeah. the big time. Where is I want to tell you one of the great stories in history, as long as we're doing this nails in the coffin. Also, yesterday, another name came back to me. There was a young kid, a salesman, Milton somebody, had glasses. He was like from U of M or something, and I left him off the list. Somebody will call in. Yeah. Maybe Al remembers. Oh, you even did the behind Watch the bat people. line. Maybe Al remembers what Milton's last name was, because I'm trying to complete this list. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Everybody. Oh. Office people. Gene Miller, the old guy in continuity, who was just a funny, great guy. And uh, Conchita Ruiz, one of the news people. What's his name? The Schaefer? Tom Schaefer? Tom Schaefer, of yeah. course. But anyway, speaking of John Levitt, th- this may take too long, but it's a great story. Chris, well, John Levitt was my producer, board op. And John was just basically uh, almost kind of from the Rick Riley School of Personality, offended a lot of people in the building, had a lot of people crazy. Um, and when Hurricane David came and went... It was either Hurricane David or it was maybe a milder one, a lesser one. But at any rate, he was a meteorologist, evidently. Oh, yeah, I remember that now, yeah. And was driving the news department crazy. I mean, just uh, running them around like he had some kind of a title or something. And I don't think I was there. I think I was on vacation or something at the time, so it wasn't Hurricane David. It was another one. And to make a long story short, the staff was ready to lynch him. I mean, just just going crazy and writing. They even The whole news department put together a letter to him like... So anyway, he resigned in very dramatic fashion uh, with the expectation that we would come running to get him back. Well, at that point, I hired Chris Sloan, who then became my producer. You probably remember Chris. Chris, And Chris did a fine job. And one night, I'm on the air doing my show. And Chris is sitting in there in the control room, running the board, answering the phones. And John Uh comes in with his friend Dennis, who was another former board op there. Dennis was the board op for my show. Right. They come in, and he sits down. Remember, there were like a couple of chairs yeah. next to where the board op sat in the control room? Sits down, waves, and I wave back, and I'm just doing my show, and I'm talking to the callers. And we go into a break, 
And this is the last spot would end because we didn't have rejoin jingles. This last spot would end over there. The board up would give you the cue mm -hmm. to come by. You were back on. And now I'm watching. I'm getting arms in the stereo. Chris Law is pointing back. And now John Levitt sitting next to me. It's like, well, it's like old times. Like he's just going to move right back in a chair. He's also cueing me. I'm getting two arms. I have never seen anything. He sat there for like the entire show. Cueing me to come back on, assuming that, well, he was just, now he was ready to come back, and we'd welcome him back with open arms. It was just, which needless to say, we did not. Jesus. Did you talk about the time Cron got stuck, uh, not Cron, uh, Jerry got stuck up? That was Jerry Williams, great, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That was another great WNWS. While I was on the air. Yeah, and it, it's the stuff coming out. When I was there, the 10, 12 weeks that I was there, it was when everyone was getting sick with the Oh, yeah, we also had the, the disease in the air conditioning vents. I forgot about that, and there was something in the vents, and all of us were getting this awful illness, and we <coughs> couldn't yeah. talk. I did two hours on a Sunday night, and I couldn't talk till Tuesday every week. Yeah. Yeah, the motto over there was, there's a fungus among us. Yeah. Boy, there was something in and that building. And Carl would say, that ain't nothing, it ain't nothing. Little did we realize that after some of us left, the fungus would grow much more intensely. Of course, they weren't in the same building, I don't think. When did they oh, move? No, it was quite a while afterwards, wasn't it? Did we get Milton's last name? Did anybody? What was it? Fisher. Milton Fisher. Outstanding. Hey, wait a minute. Let me write that on my list. All right. Are we doing it? See, this doesn't okay, have any significance. Oh, man. Just unbelievable. Camille Sansone, Ellen Morphonius, Kay Baroni. I might just start reading them all off Kay again. Kay Barone, that's right. That was another that, that was another thing where I Chuck got involved. Gretchen Graham. I think I got involved in a dispute with uh, with Colin. Was it Collins or Fowler over that one, where the way they, they fired her? Oh, yeah. They told I remember her that. They were going to make yes, her the sir. news director, and they let yeah. her serve as acting news director for yeah. eight months, and then when the stations combined, they like fired her. Jerry Sullivan was uh, put into driving the news van here yeah, at WYOD. Right. Because yeah. there have been a few people gotten screwed here, too, folks. We don't want to go into that because we don't have 30 hours. I talked to Jerry for about an hour, about two weeks ago. Yeah. About the whole situation. He says he'd love to come back here. I don't want to make Boy Gary nervous or anything, but he said that's... Boy Gary will be good in Detroit. Anyway, this Friday night, the biggest sports event in South Florida of the season, it's the Breeders' Crown. Unbelievable. The Certified Vacations Breeders' Crown with eight division championships, more than two and a quarter million dollars in purses all in one night. Sixty-eight of the most talented pacers and trotters in racing will compete for the crowns in the three-year-old and age divisions. Friday night could become the greatest night in the history of harness racing as Beach Towel attempts to become the first standard bred ever to win more than $2 million in one season. Town Pro will be racing to become the first Philly patient to win Breeders' Crown Championships as both a two- and three-year-old. And the great Peace Corps returns to Pompano Harness looking for a third consecutive Breeders' Crown Championship. You still have time to get your tickets for the Certified Vacation Breeders' Crown Reserve Grandstand and box seats available. The Breeders' Crown Ticket Office open daily, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m., so get out to Pompano Park today for the best seat selection. It's right off the Atlantic Boulevard exit of I-95 and just a few, four minutes off the Pompano exit of the Turnpike. The names, again, incredible, not just the horses, all the top drivers in the sport. We'll have uh, Mike LaChance and Ron Waples and John Campbell and Bill O'Donnell and Jack Moiseev and uh, Hector Corpy. <laughs> Who is it? You Bell. Yeah, Hugh Bell. There you go. We're going to bring him back. Oh, geez. You had to throw that one in there. I don't think the red man's going to be there, but we'll survive without him. It's going to be great. It's going to be uh, the night of a lifetime in harness racing, so make your plans now. Don't forget, early post time and early uh, opening for the gates. Gates will open Friday at 5, post time for the first race, 7. So come out early and have a great time at Pompano Harness this Friday night for Breeders' Crown Night. <laughs> 1117 at WIOD. Tom Jick is our guest. You know, we'd be remiss. There must be something going on on TV because your column in the paper this morning 
was all about uh, TV. The sweeps, but I, uh, what I was saying was it's probably the tamest November sweeps that I certainly I can remember. There's only two 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 part miniseries the entire month of November. I mean, this is when you used to have the uh, Lonesome Doves and the War on Remembrances and you know the, the really great multi-part things. The networks just aren't spending the money anymore because they don't have it. The biggest events, which is the lead on the, the piece that I did, is a regular series episodes. The 200th episode of Cheers. Uh, there's a couple of other. Larry King is going to be on Murphy Brown, if you can believe it. Why? Why? Oh. I mean, he's everywhere else. Do you want to spend an hour or two uh, critiquing a show which I didn't watch? I was Sunday on a night? plane. I was on the plane. Oh, Sunday you didn't? Night you you missed it? No. What yeah. a bad break. Yeah. Well, I you know I missed all the excitement last weekend. But as you said, as uh, my, what is, what is my son reported that Did I, you ever I, talk I would, to him, Larry King. Yeah. He wants everything. I mean, basically, that's I mean, it. the guy's making more money than God. Uh, he's got more luck than probably anybody, all of, any thousand people you know put together. He's certainly taken a little bit of talent a long way. you got to give him credit for that. Yeah. Got to be the greatest BS artist in the history of uh, the human race. Yeah, what does he do? But what, does what, he do? Is, but what does he want? I mean, how thin can you... The guy already had, what, one or two heart attacks. Yeah. How thin can you spread yourself? How many different things have you got to do before you're satisfied? I, like I say, he wants to, you know, who says you can't have it all? Certainly not Larry. I mean, the thing with the Ted Turner and those games up in uh, Seattle or wherever, that, that was the biggest bomb well, in history. I, don't, I can't, I, really, I don't know why they're bringing him back in four years. I mean, those games were created when the Russians and the Americans weren't talking to each other. You know, as I said in the column before they came on, uh, goodwill was the worst thing that ever happened to the goodwill games. You know, we don't have an enemy anymore. You know, maybe if, you know, Libya had a team in the in the games, people could get excited, but... You know, here we are, we're all loving everything, everything, you know, all of a sudden Russia's on our side and everything. Uh, what? I, they must be going crazy down in Little Havana. You know, the worst thing you can do to people is take their enemies away. It'd be like if Rick Riley left the market, what would I do? Oh, jeez. Do we want to spend, I mean, if you want to, got more to say, I'll just no, sit I back mean, here, lunch will be here any minute, and I'll just let you go on, because obviously you guys just hate each other like poison, I don't understand it. Well, I, I didn't hate him like poison until he did that four hours on me that afternoon and, and did it in a, what I thought was a very unfair and unprofessional way, totally overlooking the purpose of the column, leaving out things that, that I put in there that would have greatly changed the nature of what he said I said. See, what bothers me about this business, for example, you talked to Al during the news, yeah. you know, private, which is fine. What bothers me is that some people, this is the one problem I have with Al, and I know he's listening. And this isn't a defense, because I've taken some pretty nasty pokes, but not, none of it meant to be personal. In other words, if there weren't certain things that he did on the air, a lot of the stuff I've done I never would have said. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to get into the specifics. But the bottom line is you've got to be able to discern the difference between what somebody is doing as part of their job and taking it so personally. I know it's only And that show. bothers me, because yeah. I like Al. I really yeah. do. I mean, he's well, not he was a, he's your not protege, the, wasn't he? He's not I mean, the kind of a less. person you really would have a reason to dislike. He's a, he's a good guy. I like him. But nonetheless, when I'm on here, I'm doing a shtick. I'm doing my thing, okay? And I'm here to win. I'm not here to, you know, in the, you, you know the nature of this business. Look at all the people sitting on the sideline right now who should be on the air. I know, Sheldon. You could make a whole radio station out of just the people who are out of work and talk in this market right now and have a damn good station. I know show business, and, and I know when that's happening and to a certain... Like, if he came in and he wanted to take some fun jut... Great, you know that's, that's what I thought great. it was going to be. Back and forth. I thought it was going to be a blast. But it wasn't. It was very, very nasty and very, very personal. And uh, that—that's when my opinion of him changed. I mean, even that day he came in here, I was annoyed when I left, but I didn't hate the guy. And you know, well, that I felt that was a little bit of show business. He certainly provided a great lead-in for his show that afternoon. You know, well, here I am. You know, one thing he's got to be careful to understand. I'm not trying to lecture him, although I'll do my best. Um, 
One book doesn't make a lifetime. Exactly. Or one or two books in another station. In other words, I, the ratings, you know what I think of them. I think they're garbage. Even though I had a great summer book and all of that, I think they're crap. I think they're erratic. I think their sampling is just a nightmare. But the bottom line is, over a period of time, like take Ranieri, for example, whether you like him or not, over 15 years in a market, the man is a monster in the morning. Okay, now he had his down periods too, but the bottom line, he's right up there. He's got a 6 8 in the morning, which in this, a 6 8 in the morning here is unbelievable. I mean, nobody can understand unless they're in the business what a big number that is. Well, and over, if you can sustain it over a long period of time, then you got something to start blowing your horn about. You, you and I had some arguments over the years about Ralph Rennick, and, and that's exactly what I was saying. I was never a fan of Ralph Rennick, the way he does the news, the Stentarian thing, but. I respected tremendously the fact that he was on top hey, of as long as he You can stay on the air in this market right. 30 years and doing anything, even picking your nose, man. More power to and, you. And that's how miracle. I always felt about Ralph Rennick, uh, that uh, give the guy credit in a business where 13 weeks is forever, he was on for 30 years. And, and the same thing, Ranieri in the morning, you've got to give the guy credit. I mean, think of all the, the high-priced talent they've thrown in against him. I mean, you know, to the Sunny Foxes and the, uh, you know, Tanner and Cox. and They've all taken their shots at the guy. And Rick and Suds is another one that, you know, they were on opposite Ranieri in the morning. And Herman and McBean and all the others. And he's right there, book after book. He might have one down book, but boom, he always found his right But the thing back. about this station now, if I can just, which I usually don't do, but that I'm excited about, he does his thing, which is totally different from anything that I do. I do my act. In the beginning, when they came here first, because they were just thrown into it, they were playing my carts and doing a lot of my stuff. They were, you know, because they filled in for me when I was sick back in the spring. That's how they got the job. But now they have developed their own thing. They do a totally different thing from what I do. And that's great. We've got three completely unique shows. The audience is happier than they have been in a long time, at least today. Who knows about tomorrow? And that's great. That's what it's all about. Well, I, I give, you know, again, I listen to the show from time to time. I mean, I, and I'll be honest. When I'm, when I'm within hearing range now, my first choice will be Steve. But he does a lot of things that annoy me, and I turn him. If he's doing something, I, I, I'd listen to him. And I'll also say this, and in spite of what I said before, I listen to these guys on the way home every day, okay? I listen to them when, when I'm in the car. When Steve was here, I would listen for 10 or 15 minutes, and more often than not, I would change it to something else or put on music, not because I don't like Steve, but because of the repetitive guests. I mean, jeez, I mean... And, and if he learns a lesson, fine. I know this is a tough market for guests. This isn't New York or L.A. There just aren't all that many great, exciting people available. But uh, after you've heard the same number 4,000 times, you just can't stick with it anymore. Well, it's as, as I've said many times, I don't get to hear a lot of the, whoever's in that hour because that's generally the time that I'm, I'm in the office. A lot of days I leave early, you know, five, quarter to five, and then I get to hear an hour of show. I turn Rick and Suds on. Even now, with the dispute, I listen to them. And does your blood boil? Do you get a little hysterical? No, and get I really upset? don't. I, I, you start, like, punching what they the radio? Do, no, what, what they do, though, I don't think, if I, if I was available to listen to the show for a lot more, I don't think that I would listen to it over a period of time because... You know, putting whipped cream in your pants is not something that I find amusing more than once. Unless you're doing it. Yeah. Okay, let me do a little break. It's 1125 at WYOD. Here's a special message from Lojack to all of you folks out there in your cars making the most of South Florida's beautiful beaches. If you think your car is safe away from the city, think again. Barbara M. found out the hard way. She went to the beach for the weekend in a brand-new Camaro. As she drove up to her hotel, she turned the car over to the valet on duty, checked in. After freshening up, she went out to get her car and asked for the valet. What valet, asked the bellboy. We don't have one. Surprise, Barbara. But luckily, the Camaro had LoJack installed in it. The LoJack signal was activated by the pigs. The car was recovered with hardly any damage. The phony valet was busted. To make a long story short, it turned out to be a happy ending instead of a nightmare. 
So uh, remember, just like you flock to the beach to enjoy the sun, so do car thieves to enjoy the parking lots full of cars ripe for the picking. So don't let some douchebag ruin your weekend or your life. Protect that investment, which is often a big one, with low jack protection. It makes all the sense in the world. For information or to arrange convenient installation at your home, your office, or a new car dealership, call Elaine right now. She'll be waiting for your call till 6 o'clock tonight. 1-800-LOW-JACK. That's 1-800-535-6522. One of the most important calls you'll ever make. If you missed the Rick and Sud show yesterday on 610 WIOD, you missed what? the adventures of Sir Lancelot. What? That's right. Whoa. We also went over some phone calls in regards to Friday's funeral. Just wanted to comment on Friday's show. Yeah. Incredible. It's radio history. It certainly was. Radio history every afternoon at 2 with Rick and Suds here at WIOD. Hello? Hello. Hi. Hey. Hello. Uh, beg your pardon? I said booty low. Booty low. Not okay. butt low, booty low. Well, all on you. <laughs> uh, listen, guys, hats off to, to both of you. Excellent show Friday. Don't miss today's Rick and Sud show at 2 on South Florida's news, traffic, and weather station. News Talk Radio, 610 WIOD. That was the best promo I ever heard. Exactly. Eleven twenty-eight at WID. We're going to go open the phones in just a couple of minutes, okay? Because a lot of people have been calling and we've been blowing them off because uh, we're busy. But I want to talk about the local TV news because I keep giving my opinions because I got the cable a couple of months ago. Finally, not even maybe a month. Finally, they got it by me in Plantation Acres, and I'm watching local news again. And like I said to you during the break, I think Channel Six they don't they don't get a lot of publicity for some reason. But I think between Hambrick and um, Giselle, uh, Giselle Fernandez, Mackenzie, and Barbara Sloan and Ken uh, Matz. Yeah, I, think I haven't that's seen too much of Ken Matz. Excellent. The four of them are really good. Yeah, they Dave Game there. I could live without. Uh, the sports guys. Uh, the sports guys. Yeah, I, I hate. What a terrible promotion that is. Yeah, terrible. I mean, but there aren't. You know, Tony. Uh, aside from sometimes being silly, Tony and Hank do a fine job on four. Yeah. But they just have never well, been really sport, good sports guys. guys. This is one of the weakest town for sports TV personalities I've ever seen in my well, life. Well, I'll tell you a story about sports. And I'm glad you brought it. I hadn't thought of it. Saturday night, I get home the Breeders' Cup. 11 o'clock comes. I had no idea how anybody had done, you know, in football that day because I just really wasn't paying attention. We went out to dinner after the Breeders' Cup. I put on the 11 o'clock news. God's Honest Truth on NBC in New York, they gave no college football scores. Only like Columbia and like Stony Brook. And Marist and Fordham. That's they didn't like even tell you here. They didn't even tell you how the top ten did. No scores on a Saturday night on the NBC-owned station in the largest market in the country. No college football. I can scores. remember during baseball season watching uh, the news on PIX in New York on the satellite at night, and they'd give the Yankee and the Mets score would give no other major league baseball. That's score. because they were shipping that thing all over the country, and they didn't want it to. No, no, this is I'm, no. I'm talking about the, their local news, not the uh, no, not the no, not whatever the they no no. 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 Well, well, they're, they're, that's an early news, though, right? 10 o'clock? Whatever. Yeah, you know, so maybe they didn't want to give partial scores. But we're talking about, I'm, I'm just speculating, but on a, a network-owned station in New York City in the height of the football season, no college football scores, none, zilch. And, of course, the only thing they showed from the Breeders' Cup was going for one breaking down. 
Yeah, oh, yeah. And Bridal wins, you know. All of them. They had to show it over and over and over again. That's never going to stop. Yeah, you got the Kentucky Derby when it wins the Breeders' Cup Classic, and that, that's our non now, how are, now, the signal problem with six seems to be mostly fixed. At least Continental Cable's got an excellent yeah, signal. Yeah, if you've got there. cable, it's fixed. If, you, if yeah. you've got an antenna, it's still a, a problem. But are they making any inroads, or are they still... Well, a... they're in good shape, because in Broward County, about 70, 75% of the people have cable. No, but I mean, in terms of numbers, is six making any inroads? Yeah, on the oh, news? yeah, they're finishing ahead of four some nights. See, Four's problem, they they brought some pe decent people in. Uh, Kelly Craig's a little too cupid dollish. No, I like me. her. I think she's, she's She does some good things, but, you know, she just has that... Because of it, you hate to you hate to stigmatize somebody because of their appearance because they happen to be good looking people, but you, you almost got the feeling that's the sole reason she's there and that's probably not being fair to her. Uh, but what they've got to do, whether it's Kelly Craig and Tom Randall, they've got to leave people there. They're another one like NWS. Every time you turn around, there's yeah, a different angle configuration, doors. and and. News is like soap operas. People get comfortable. And what's with, with the, the weather? Show. Some nights Brian Norcross is I there. I can't take the way Brian, he does. Brian this. Allen. No, Brian uh, no, no. Well, and, and when Steve Abrams and Brian Allen, I mentioned this last week, are trying to do that, the 530 to 6 on Channel 4 is the worst and abortive that's thing. To be the and they're news, trying yeah. to be funny, and they're talking about their tie that they're wearing. And, oh, jeez. I mean, Steve Abrams, not a bad news guy, but he's no. about as funny as cancer of the toenail. Well, he's just not a funny guy. This is, we, we could have had this conversation 15 years ago, and we could have it 15 years from now, this is all a product of consultants who tell you. And again, it gets back to the comfort factor that people want to think that the anchors all love each other. In point of fact, in most studios, there's more backbiting going on. It's like this radio, you know, in a radio station. These people hate each other. If they don't hate each other, they dislike them. And if they don't dislike them, they're at least nervous about them. They're looking to get their job. But you got to have this nonsense on the air, you know, oh, how are you doing and everything else. I mean, a good example was when... Uh, uh, Ed Azar was here on, on Channel uh, 10. Yeah. You, you know, you'd see Ann and him kibitzing back and forth. They hated each other. They hated it, but they had to do because the consultant tells them that's what you got to do. Uh, but I mean, when they start out uh, going into the weather, for example, I can't on a Monday, and he says, well, how was your weekend? I don't care how his weekend was. I, I want to know how the weather's going to be. I don't, I don't give two craps about how his weekend was, and neither does anybody else. The best weather and the most sufficient weather was on Sunday nights, when before they had a weatherman, uh, when they were waiting for Norcross to sit out his, his no-compete, and they were trying to get Sports Extra on, they would have the guy, whether it's Elliot, uh, what's his name, Jose Diaz, or Blood, is that it? Yeah. They would have him on, and, you know, like two minutes before the sports, he'd go, uh, tomorrow it'll be 88, the low will be 72, yeah. with a 20% chance of rain, small order exercise caution. And then they'd go on if with you the want show. to go into a big That's song and dance about the weather anyway, all you got to do is turn on a weather channel. Right, unless, unless there's a... Uh, you know, unless there's a hurricane or something coming, and as I've said many times, if there's a hurricane coming, it transcends whether it becomes news. So that's all you need. But now you've got to have Brian Norcross on there wearing funny hats and dancing around and walking through windows that don't exist. And Norcross is a nice guy, but I really resent what he's done now and what they've done with him. And they turn entirely too much time over to that. The con uh, consultants, again, they'll tell you. And this station, uh, as long as we're picking on everyone, this nonsense with these promotions, they're running news, weather, and traffic. You know what that's a product of? This is going out in the street and saying to people, what do you want to hear in a radio station? Most people don't know what they want to hear. Jesus, I don't know. It's like, you know, pornography. I, I, I know what it, when I see it. I know what I like when I hear. So what do you, well, do you want to hear news, weather, and traffic? Yeah, we, that's what I want, news, weather, and traffic. That's a bunch of crap. They put news, weather, and traffic on here and take you off, and they're going to yeah. have ratings lower. Well, but you know something? That's the nature of the radio business, and no matter who I've worked for, it's the same thing. 
they despise promoting personalities because they're always afraid that somebody's going to walk out the next day or drop dead or do something horrendous. They're always terrified of that. So if they can stick with things that are generic, things that are institutional, they'd much rather promote that than promote personalities. Well, so I mean, it's the same way at INZ. It's the same way here. It's always going to be What did you have last time? 5-5 five, five average, the station? 5-3. Five, 5-3? Three. Five, three? Yeah. All right, I'll tell you what. 5.2 of that was for you, was for what's-his-name in Suds, was for, for, for sports Renary. talk in the evening, was for Ranieri, certainly. I don't mean to overlook it. I, you know, I listen to Ranieri in the morning. But anyway, and point one of it was for news, weather, and traffic. And if they don't th well, if everybody, they think everybody's otherwise, they're Everybody's got crazy. news, weather, and traffic. Exactly. Everybody's got the same in, traffic in, in most cases. 90% of the stations have got Joe Brennan and the crowd up there who aren't there half the time when and they are never the right. to do the weather. I spend two traffic. hours a day. They're never, ever yeah. right. When they say there's an accident, go to that area because you'll cruise right well, through Well, they've it. been off more than they can. Chew. That's it means the, the accident happened an hour ago. Yeah. I mean, we can call it Skywatch 610 or up your nose. We can call it anything we want, but everybody in the market knows that they're on Channel 4 and Channel 10, and they're on this station, and that, they're all over the place. And they're ne they're ne someone like us, I spend about 12 to 14 hours a week in the car because of my commute, and they're never yeah. right. Ever. Not one out of a hundred times. You think times. even by accident they run into one. Tom Jick is with us, the outspoken Mr. Jick, who's going to really open up when we come back. Let's open up the phone. Huh? Let's get some calls on here. Halcyon, let's do it. 751-WYOD and Dave. Let's one. put music on and eat. <laughs> uh, well, it'll give them a chance to talk, and we'll eat while we'll pretend we're listening to them. 524-WYOD in Broward, uh, Star IOD on the uh, bat line, and 655-WYOD in Palm Beach. If you're one of those folks out there who is sick and tired of being force-fed... <laughs> Why do I say that while Jeff is standing here from Pizza Loft unwrapping and just going nuts? Look at that. Jeez. Oh, oh. If you want to stop the fat, if you're sick and tired of walking around looking like uh, Larry Kenton drag, the answer, of course, is Nutrisystem. And let me say it again. You can be in perfect shape for the eating holidays. You've still got a month to go till Thanksgiving and two months till Christmas and Hanukkah and New Year. So now would be a great time to start and get like a head start on everybody else with Nutrisystem. My psychotic wife did it. Did she? She loved it. How much did she lose? She lost about 20 pounds. Even Johnny Dork, one of the real porkers in radio history, came in here yesterday. He's lost 14 pounds already. He's starting to look almost human. And you can do it, too, the safe, effective way with Nutrisystem. And right now is a great time to start because now get three weeks of Nutrisystem program services for only 59 bucks. Nutrisystem really succeeds where diets fail you. So call them toll-free, 1-800-344-THIN, 1-800-344-THIN, and be sure and tell them, that former porker, Neil at WIOD, told you to call. It's 11.39. Lunch is being served here by Jeff from Pizza Loft. Incredible. Come on, Tom. Cut it out. Although Tom lost a lot of weight. No, I haven't really. Not that much. Well, since I first knew you, oh, he used yeah, to be porky. Yeah. He used to uh, talk about breathing heavy. Anyway, we've opened the phones. Look at that. We've got four lines still open here. Now, don't hold back. Oh, I've lost my touch. We used to don't, have Yeah, don't hold back. I mean, uh, I, we don't want you to make some kind of verbal abuse here, but if whatever you want to say, uh, we're here to do it, right? Yeah, and, and if Debbie wants to call, I mean, it's just the first opportunity. We'd be honored. Yeah. We have to use the big phone. Mobile. Hi. Hi. I think the problem with Dickens, most critics, is that it's one person's personal opinion. Absolutely. That's why my name's on it. And But... But you obviously don't have any idea what's happening in this market as witnessed by the fact that Rick and Suds are very popular and that Steve Kane was boring, repetitive, just over and over, and the same screaming and hollering and hanging up and rudeness in the afternoon 
When we're all tired of that, we get that at work. We don't want to hear that on the way home. Ma'am? We want to laugh. Ma'am? Yes. Have you ever heard me say that they have a bad show? Have you ever seen me write that they have a bad show? You just, you want to beat them to death personally. Uh, I think he's the one who started that. I think it's enough already. It's not them, though, is it? They did four hours it's on me. Is it that's singular? Right. Yeah, that's right. I want to preface it the way everyone always does. But Suds is a nice guy, and that's really the truth. When I came here, Suds came in first. He says, hi, I'm Suds. You know, nice to meet you. We've never met. I enjoy your column. And he, the absolute gentleman. And the other guy comes in here like a raven banshee. So, in other words, you can't take it. You can dish it I up, can take it. take it. I can take it. And you use your column to bash them. I did? When? When? I understand that you... Um, You've never read my column. I have read your column. Well then, you, well then, tell me when it is you I heard me bash them. I don't need the time because I'm I'm tired. Well then, of when did I bash them? Name one time, one instance. Oh, oh, so you did do it? No, you I'm asking it. you. I, I I never have. Ah, oh, you did. I never have. Yeah, and in every chance, every show that you're. Ma'am, I buy you and your husband dinner at any restaurant in town. You can pick it if you can find a column where I I criticize their program. Any restaurant. <laughs> now it's on the air. There's fifty thousand people are hearing this. One column where I bash them. Uh, their program at any restaurant in town. You don't bash Rick. To this morning, I did here personally, not, every program, not professionally. Every program that you're on, ma'am, I haven't been on any. I was on Waxy, and they wouldn't let me talk about it. This is the first. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let me let me say this. I'm not here to defend Tom because he can do that himself. But you, in other words, you want him to express the opinion that you like. Is that it? No, I'm not saying that either. I'm just saying that once in a while, it would be nice if he would admit that, in spite of what his opinion is. The general public seems to think that there's a terrific show on in the afternoon on WIOD. Ma'am, the only column that I've mentioned them in since they've been back here had the line in it that they had impressive ratings in the spring book or the summer book, whatever book it was. I Boy, said that, that? And, I didn't that and I didn't say anything at all about the program itself. Now, and what I said just a few minutes ago, if you're listening, is I listen to the program when I'm in the car. What more can I say? When did I bash them? Well, then maybe but you did. But you did qualify by saying that you know anybody who follows Neil gets a number. Right. And I what, did say that. And what was and it was also and Neil's best book in a long time, et cetera, and so on. And, and, and that's what and, I think grind, grinds like some him. people. Okay. Because it, it really takes away from getting them credit for doing anything on their own. Well, that's yeah. Right. And again, it was in the context of criticizing the station for not carrying the baseball. And, in fact, if you did like them, maybe you would write a little more than, oh, and they do have some impressive numbers in the afternoon. Well, that was the other thing I think that disappointed a lot of us, including me, is that usually there are two columns, and I'm still waiting for the yeah. second one. The first one with the preliminary numbers for the entire station, and then the second one is a big article, which even Juan Kotex did this time in the Herald, and when he scoops you on anything, then it's got to be a sorry day in hell. <laughs> because uh, it almost never happens, where we go into detail and say, hey, Tanner had this in the morning and Hot had that, and Rogers did this, and whatever. One of the and it never happened. Yeah, no, that didn't. And, and I, I'll explain that, and it's not going to satisfy you, the explanation. But this book happened to come out in the midst of the period when all the new shows were coming on. I was writing three and four reviews in a space of about three weeks. I must have had 22 columns in the paper. So I, I gave sh shorter shift, shift than usual to, to the radio ratings. Yeah, that did happen. That I'll admit. But that's why it happened. But never as far as criticizing Rick and Suds, it's never happened. Okay. Thank you. You see, this is someone, this is exactly what I'm saying. That was a woman who's only listened to their program and got their information from the distorted version of Rick. And because she obviously doesn't read my column if she says that I, that I constantly criticize her. She can say she reads the column, but she, you know, there's the offer. It's still out there. Bring in one column where I criticized him. Well. Hello. Yes. 
I hesitate to even call, and I wasn't going to, but I think maybe a couple of facts need to be straightened out. You don't know, you don't know who this is? The voice sounds familiar. Would you Would you like me to not call? I mean, you can continue oh, on Rick? like this. Oh, how you it's doing? either Rick or it's Greg Budell, one or the other. No, Greg wouldn't call. Not Greg. Greg don't know this Go ahead, number. Straighten me up. Okay. Well, I just since Neil was an uh, an observer, when I came in that day, I you know I, I kind of get tired of hearing me coming in like a screaming banshee. I walked in very quietly, and didn't I shake your hand? Yeah. Okay. And then and, uh, break... and uh, what's and... his name? Uh, Douglas and uh, Hollifield shook hands the other night too. Well, Tom, do you want to take off on your little uh, things, or do you want to just talk about some facts here? Go ahead. I'm listening. Okay. Did I not, well, does a banshee walk in and, and shake your hand? I oh, walked yeah. in and I shook your hand and I sat down on the seat very quietly because, to tell you the truth, I thought that you guys were expecting me to come in because I had some things I wanted to talk to you about. Apparently, I was off base. But I walked in, I shook your hand, I sat down in the seat very quietly because you were in a discussion and I didn't say anything. And I waited until I was acknowledged that I was there and I spoke. And there was no screaming and there was no yelling. You were talking about you... columns that I had written and, and not not writing a column when you when you got fired at Waxy. Wait, we're talking you know, about you, that and you, day. And, and that I only wrote I only write columns about people I like, which means I must like a lot of people because well, I had 338 columns. Can we not year. have a disagreement? I mean, I thought that was what the discussion was about. Uh, what about the Friday when you spent the four hours? Okay, let's go to that. Yeah, let's. I timed it, and Neil listens on the way home. I didn't say anything at first. And I, you know, I kind of look at you to be an arbitrator because Tom and I are in this, and it's a lot easier to observe. And I'm eating what lunch. It, when you I'm say it lunch. first, what do you mean? The first 30 seconds? The first 45 seconds? The, the first, I was listening uh, to that program, Rick. Pardon me. The first about 10 minutes, I did something else, and then for about the last 15 minutes of the first half hour, I ripped you. And that's it? That's it. And, and then, then you opened the phone to your callers to rip me. And the callers, the callers did it. Off and on sporadically till 3.15 or 3.30, and I put a stop to it. No, you um, didn't. Never you done. didn't put a stop to it until you had the wrestling guy on. And when you had the wrestling guy on, you sat here and said, well, I'm going to back off here and let Suds handle this because I really know nothing about wrestling. And then three seconds into the interview, you said, one thing I like about wrestlers is they're good role models for kids. Well, can I not speak? It's my show, too. Well, I mean, first of all, you're great. Are you talking about us, Tom? I'm just, I, I, I'm just giving, I was listening to that program, I Rick. I heard more of that program you. than I hear of most of your programs. Tom, I just happen to be off that Tom, day. Tom, stick with the facts. You said I ripped you for four hours and I didn't rip you. Now, right away you've said that I've got a wrestling guy on for an hour. That narrows it down. It wasn't an hour and a half. Right, all right, you ripped me for three and a half hours. You're I'm wrong, sorry. Tom. You're a liar. Okay? And not only that, I want to tell you that I called over to Waxy this morning after I heard that there was a steady stream of secretary, of everybody, including secretaries, to use your words of telling me that I was a rectal orifice. Not one person is allowed in that studio in the morning, and unless you went out in the hallway looking for, for people to find stories from, you're a liar. And also, there is not one secretary, because I talked with the assistant program director, Michael Ward, who was working there that was there when I was. You're a liar, Tom. Okay, you, right, Rick. Yeah, I, I just made that up right off the top of my head. Nothing else to, to talk about, so I made that up. Granted, Greg would probably not have many good things, maybe Jeff and probably Dawn. But steady stream of and people about three or four. what a rectal orifice there were about was. Eight there, were about eight, there were about eight people in the office that morning, and, and six or seven of them all had something nice to say about you. 
There's nobody working there that was... I was there the until almost shop. 11 o'clock, Rick. And I, called, and I, I was there until almost 11 o'clock, Rick. Office at, at IOD, you'll find that, believe it or not, I'm a pretty nice guy. Well, I'm sure you think you are. Well, you can take a poll if you'd like, Tom, since that seems to be what you're into. I just wanted to clear up a couple of facts. You're living in fantasy. You're certainly land. acting like a real nice guy right now. You're the guy who's hysterical. Well, Tom, I don't like to sit here and hear me. You know, you can pick on me. Maybe I'm Oh, but it's okay when you do me for four. You have a program every day, Rick. Tom, what are you I taking up time here for? I never once said any disparaging thing about you as a person. And I never once Rick, said anybody ever Rick, told I what you Rick, I hope there's not a tape of that program. It would be real embarrassing. I never once said that anybody ever said what you were like. I kept it between you and me. I didn't bring up... You didn't call me Tom Jerker? Pardon me? You didn't call me Tom Jerker? Well, so what? Oh, but you didn't say anything bad about me, no. You just... You made fun of my name and you called... You, and, and even twisted it to Tom Jerker. But other than that, you didn't say nothing. Just like nobody... Everybody... You're right, Rick. I made it all. Everybody at Waxy because, loves you. Tom... You refuse to give me any credit, and that's that's my style. I was talking to you, Tom. I wasn't talking Rick. about you. I was Rick. talking to you. What? He don't like you. I don't like what he does. He don't like you. And when I sat in there with you, Neil, did it look like there was going to be any fist fights? I just well, it did. I thought I it was going to be fun be in the beginning. Like let me let me just say this to you, okay? You know how many guests I have. I'll write like three a year yeah. on the show. Now, Tom's been coming on his show for 10 years, and he and I have had some wild disagreements in spite of the fact that some people think we have this incestuous relationship, and he thinks the world, the sun rises and sets on my ass or whatever it is. But the bottom line is, when a guy keeps coming in, and every time he comes in, which that was the third time in a row, it was once with Dick Farrell, and I forget who the second time was, three, three times in a row comes I in, I and somebody comes in, and again, I thought it was going to be fun, so I'd take part of the responsibility, which Bennett did not when he let Farrell come in here and make a circus out of that show. Well, you know, it I gets, kind it gets kind of old. It reminds me of the days when I would be on with Steve, and all of a sudden, Siderman or some one of those guys would invite himself to come in after I'd been invited to stick around and come in and sit down and plop down and start a big fist fight on the ear. It just, uh, it gets old. You're right. I have, I apologize. I thought that I was expected to come in because we knew that we had... Well, no, I did nothing to apologize for, but the bottom line is you guys dislike each other intensely. I didn't know that, though. I thought... Well, but you do now. The point is, you do... Well, at that point, I didn't. I had no... I didn't know the man until that point. Now it's personal and ugly and you hate each other like poison. Well, you know... And I think we should agree to hate each other other is basically what it's all about. You know, but when you say a steady stream of people come in and say, what an, what an ass I am, and this and that. And the, well, when there's seven people in the office and six of them say that. But the fact is that people weren't allowed uh, in there. Uh, I wait, can I say people. something? I've got a great deal of friends can over I say, there, Tom, and wait, nobody, wait. no secretaries would have heard right, that. Him, no say, i got to do a break. Let him say this. Can I say something? If you say about somebody anything, and the guy calls you up and says, did you say that about me? What are you going to say? Are you going to, yeah, well, I did. Yeah, I told Tom you were, you whatever. It's a backbiting business, Rick, okay? Trust me. Just keep it in mind. I mean, what are we going to do? I have a trial. I'll bring in my witnesses. I'll bring in Greg and the other people are there to tell you, yeah, they did. The fact is, Tom, that you're just I mean, people coming in and right, let me ask you, let me ask you this, let me ask you this, Rick. Let me ask this is a story I heard over there the day I was there. That someone came in, one of these non-existent people that don't that weren't there that day came in and said, "You know what, Tom? R Linda Thornton, when she was writing the, the Herald uh, radio column, w at one point said that uh, that your show was mildly amusing. That's what she said, mildly amusing. That wasn't good enough for you, so you spent about a week ripping her. Is that true or not?
That's we took. We did you're, an autopsy on her. We took her apart on the air. So just for saying that you were only mildly amusing, you're displaying right now what you are. You're you're a hothead. You can't take any no, criticism Tom. whatsoever. Originally, you did four I hours on me. The facts. We did not rip you for four hours. Okay. Four hours minus about twenty minutes. You we talked to Gordon Soli in commercial time. We land. should have Gordon Soli uh, doing a play-by-play -play yeah. on it a little bit better. Thanks for the time, Neil. I apologize. Calm down. I'm fine. Are you okay? I'm great. Okay. Okay. Thank See you. you. He. It's 11.52 at Happiness Radio, W-I-O-D. The wonderful Isle of Dreams. Right back. News Talk Radio, 610 W-I-O-D. South Florida's news, traffic, and weather station. Now with even more traffic coverage. First, you'll now hear morning traffic update every seven minutes. To keep you moving. Second, we report from three planes flying over South Florida. To keep you better informed. Third, traffic reports begin at 5 a.m., ending late in the evening. To go with your schedule. 610 WIOD. Now with even more traffic coverage. We're South Florida's news, traffic, and weather station. News Talk Radio 610 WIOD. Is well, everybody I'll my, happy? I'll have my testimonial to Rick on, I guess, Friday's column. And I, I'm, let me see. I have to call him the greatest thing since Marconi. I can't say he's mildly amusing because Linda said that, so he ripped up. For, did, what did he say? He did an autopsy? Are we going to do two hours? Are all these calls going to be about Rick Riley and Tom Jicka and World War Three? Is that what this is going to be? We'll I see. Mean, he said none of these people at Waxy told I'm a liar. No one at Waxy told me these stories. The one story I gave him, oh, yeah, well, I did do that. So where did I make? I made these things up? How do you call somebody up? As apparently he did, calls over to Waxy and goes, you call me an asshole? I mean, oh, yeah, well, I did, Rick. Uh, actually, I, what do you say? Of course you say no. Cheryl says lunch is great. <laughs> Sunrise. Oh, boy, I'm waiting an hour. Now, listen. Well, you're probably on emotional edge right now. No, I am, but it's, uh, let me give you, I'm going to talk fast. I know the news is coming up, so I'm really upset. I don't have a lot of time. Here it is. First of all, I want to thank you, uh, Neil, because uh, I really have to hand it to you that you did a nice thing for WNWS, and I am a listener of all stations, including you and them and everybody. I just got back into talk radio a couple of months ago, like over the summer, and I even, I'm a writer, and I even wrote an essay that I hope to get printed in one of our local papers, because, I mean, it's been a wonderful thing to be avail have available, okay? So I was very, yes, very devastated about WNWS. I, uh, I switch back and forth. I'm a switcher, a switch hitter, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> but in any event, I'll tell you a little tidbit. First, and I'll leave one thing to the end. Um, I, Rick and Suds, right? Okay. I was, from way back, I've been here almost 10 years, I was into Waxy when I first came to Florida. I listened to it every morning, Greg and the gang, right? Now, I had a personal feud with Greg, mind you, but I still, you know, liked the day crew there, and it was a good show. Now, when, I'll tell you honestly, the minute, the second that, that he went off, despite my argument with him, and I had a real feud with them about something they promised to do for me, do for me, uh, I did not ever listen. I could not get into Rick and Suds. I'm not knocking them on your station, but for the point of view of this, the only thing, like, my two cents fits in here. 
they're on in the afternoon on your station. If someone isn't looking for that, but they do want the other type of talk radio, now we just have WJNO, which is, you know, okay. It's like you, and then it's you well, again. Yeah, Steve's gotten next week. Well, it's Lee Fowler. No, but yeah, I know. Well, you know, I just heard from a producer at your show, I'm not going to say who, earlier today when I tried to get on, I couldn't get on, that I shouldn't even bother listening to Steve because he's not going to be my cup of tea. And I'm only 38, not because like Manal Wait a minute, you just heard that from who? One of your male producers there. <laughs> He said, don't even bother, because he's, like, uh, not going to be your thing. He's gonna, he's very um, set up. You mean the person who answered the phone no, told no, you that? No, somebody. I'm not saying who. I don't even know the person's name. That's All right, right. hold on. You're going to hold on, because you've been on here for four hours anyway, right? No, no. Well, well i got to do the news. Oh, all right. Hold on. Sure. I don't want to cut you off in midstream. Okay. Like the urine lady. All right. all right, hold on. Okay, she's on four. We'll come back to her. Everybody is so damn emotional. Why can't you be calm like me for crying out loud, huh? What's wrong with you the people? You don't have your blood pressure the way you we have an open line on the star line, star IOD. Tom Jicka, the radio TV provocateur of the Fort Lauderdale News and Sun Sentinel, is our guest. I hope the food wasn't doctored. Rick and Suds, two of Tom's very favorites, will be along. Video expert Dr. G. Glenn, the latest video gizmos. Joe and Sonny on Sports Talk at 6.05 and Randy at 8. South Florida's news, traffic and weather stations. News Talk Radio 610 WIOD. Miami, Fort Lauderdale. At 12.05, the temperature in South Florida, 80 degrees. Next news update at 2 o'clock, bulletins at once. I'm Elaine Ettor for South Florida's news, traffic, and weather station, News Talk Radio 610 WIOD. News Talk Radio 610 WIOD presents The Neil Rogers Show. To get in touch and talk with Neil, dial 751-WIOD from Dave. In Broward, it's 524-WIOD. Palm Beach, 655-WIOD. And Bell South Mobility customers make it a free call by dialing star IOD. The opinions expressed by the guest, host, or callers are not necessarily those of this station. Now here's Neil Rogers on News Talk Radio 610 WIOD. Electron ratings. Tell them to stick them up as this, and they'll always have them. Okay, I have no idea who she's talking about. It's 1206 at WIOD. Tom Jicka is our guest, the uh, radio TV troublemaker of the Fort Lauderdale News and Sun Sentinel. We have a lady who's been so patient that she's probably forgotten everything uh, no, she was talking about. I'm going to sum up because I have to get dressed to go to work. Now, okay. here's the thing. You so I believe you both agree there has to be variety. I mean, it, it's nice to say everybody should listen to your show and what it's Of for, course. All right. And those people so who don't, you, and like I've always said, if you don't like this show, turn it off. Find something else. Yeah, well, you want to the honest truth? I, I got used to you. I... Sometimes, you know, I wanted to call and complain, and, you you know, I, I like the format of your show uh, more recently rather than a few months ago. But I'll tell you the truth. There are times, like you, like you said, you have three guests a year. Well, if I read you the list of the people I have gotten to speak to, important people, even an ambassador from Iraq, I mean, whether I like them or not, it's very exciting. I have to tell you the truth on the talk, you know, radio where they have the guests and the issues. So there is room for everything. I think Jefferson Pilot, and I've been in advertising, they are neurotic beyond all belief. If, I don't know how they think anybody, who is going to buy spots on AM radio, on AM music? Although, don't get crazy, I do listen to Jerry a little bit, uh, you know, at night. Because it's like, it's interesting, everything's different. But, um... <laughs> <laughs> You're funny. But AM is not the place for music, as far as I'm concerned, all right? It's strictly for people like you or issue-oriented shows. And, I'll, and so, therefore, uh, that's a complete error, what they did. As for this Rick and Such thing, 
A lot of the personalities uh, I have found in all the years of listening to the radio, you know, they get, some of them admittedly do get an attitude you have, in any kind of showbiz, right? Let's well, Rick Riley, and I like, I like Rick and Suds, both of them, but Rick I will say it. this, Rick has an attitude. There's no question about it. All right, so maybe I think he's you would admit still that. young, you know. And he's he can emotional learn a little, and I hysterical, mean, uh, and he's got an attitude. As I, man, as I said to the call, to call, to the call before Rick Riley, when she was saying about me bashing him, I've never said a cross word about Rick well, Riley. I'm not in my, in my column. Well, I'm not defend him because I don't even well, listen no, to her. Well, no, not in the column. Yeah, well, no, but it now I, room, yeah, like the same place he did to Ooh. me, yeah. But Rick Riley's problem, <laughs> and this goes back to the original time when he came in here, the, the last time I was here, is that I've never written a column saying that he's the greatest thing since light beer. That's his problem. He needs that. He just admitted that Linda yeah, Thornton, when she was yeah. at the Herald, wrote that kind he was mildly a... amusing, which is kind of a compliment, right. and he ripped her for a week. He, he said his own words. I did an autopsy on him. I ask a question. Him. About how old is he, Rick? Old enough to Mentally know. Mentally or, or chronologically? I really don't know. How old is he? About 40 ish? I'd say about 40. One lady's between 35 and 40. Yeah. Well, then he's really older than I thought he was. <laughs> to tell you the truth. I'd one say last 29, thing. I think. One last thing, and ask a favor. I want to just tell you one last story. Yeah. I, I lived in Miami, 74 to 75, or 75 to 76. Mm -hmm. And that was my first experience with talk radio. And I was a big devo devotee of Larry. I was a regular on his show when he was on IOD, on your station, okay? Mm -hmm. And I have a nickname. I'm not going to say what it is because I'm doing business with him now. <laughs> Larry, Larry was one of the great entertainers. All right. He got started here at your station. A... So, I mean, he may be over, you know, spreading himself too thin. As you said. I'll tell Long you one inside story, though, because I talked to him about three weeks ago from his home. Aren't you lucky? Well, I kind of felt I was, um, just as if you would call me from home. The thing is, the thing with the show he did, you know, the Sunday show, mm -hmm. and I only caught the end of it, unfortunately, but I'm going to lie and tell him I saw the whole thing. <laughs> but... He was asked to do that by his agent, Bernie Brillstein, set it up. He didn't go looking for that, to the best of my knowledge. He just did it one shot. It is no contract with NBC or anything. Thank God. Well, you know, whatever. But the point is, uh, I, I kind of like him, and he's had his problems, and so have we all. So, you know, I guess you all get fun at it. But you, you all knock each other. I mean, it doesn't I'm matter. A, a, everybody I, I knocks everybody, it seems, on this on the radio. Well, that's what makes it Some fun. people handle it better than others. So, when, you yeah, can, when you can deal with it. it for what it is, you're a lot better off. And when you start taking it personally and getting hysterical, you, you know what? it's to, a self-defeating process. To this last thing, is to this day, I am not clear as to whether Neil really does or does not like Randy Martin. I'm not sure if it's a gag or if... I'm not sure. I, I really can't tell. Do, so. do you want me to answer the question yeah. very simply? Do you? All right. I'd like to know you. Sick or in the desert And don't give her a mess Have a great day. You too. Okay. Hey, we like uh, musical responses to everything on this station. It's ten past noon on Radio Hysteria, where we just make your blood boil, where everybody hates each other and we're happy about it. Isn't that... Uh, evidently. Jeez, I'm in a good mood. I feel great. I feel excellent today. We have an open line on the star line at Star IOD. I will say this. I hope that I, I, I just I don't know why I'm compelled to say it. I hope Rick Riley never forgets as long as he lives the Joey Reynolds Russ Oasis episode. If he ever doubts that I support those guys in the afternoon, I mean I went the extra yard because that pissed me off beyond I think anything that I've ever been involved with in this business. That was one of the worst that they conned me into this clandestine dinner and allegedly for then they denied that there was ever any satellite deal. That, no, no, no. I mean, just the most blatant attempt for me to go to Boy Gary and get them canned so he could get a job because the man's desperate for work, a guy who couldn't even get him, got a one on the weekend. Well, you can't have a cardboard audience on radio. Oh, jeez. Joey, you're the worst. 
Geez, this is almost like the old Kane shows, you know, let you and him fight. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it's 12 minutes past noon. We're here with Tom Jicka, the mild, moderate, uh, the market's done 20 points of the Sun Sentinel and News in Fort Lauderdale. One more reminder that if you're uh, already wearing your own Halloween costume, when you look down, you don't have to put anything extra on. If you're looking like Debbie Ellis in heat, <coughs> the answer is Nutrisystem. Stop being a fat pig all your life. You notice how good I was? I had my eggplant. Yeah, you really behave yourself well. I'm not well. going crazy. That's Did right. dessert? No, no, sir. No way, Jose. Because fat is out. From a health standpoint, from the way it looks, it makes you a mental wreck. You feel like you want to stay in the house and never go out again. So if you'd like to go out and have a little fun next Halloween and look human, have to really put on a costume, Nutrisystem can make you wear some real-sized clothing and join the crowd over here at WIOD, like Wayne Arnold and Bouncer Smith and uh, Bob Soper and Susan Soper and Sonny Hirsch, and the list goes on and on. And right now, get three weeks of Nutrisystem program services for only 59 bucks. You can't beat it because Nutrisystem really works. It succeeds where diets fail. So call right now and stop being a big fat... <coughs> I mean, who do you want to look like? Al Goldstein and drag? 1-800-344-THIN. That's 1-800-344-THIN. And be sure and tell them that mild-mannered, calm, reasonable Neil at WIOD told you to call Nutrisystem. This year, the Harnikin Amstel Light Hurricane Hotline has a new location. Every Thursday evening throughout the college football season, we'll be broadcasting live from Monty's Raw Bar in Coconut Grove. A spectacular location, out of doors and on the water, so we can accommodate more Hurricane fans. This is your chance to ask questions and hear the analysis of each game by the head coach of the defending national champion Hurricanes, Dennis Erickson. 25 fans who come will receive Rider 610 WIOD sports fan bags stuffed with Hurricane memorabilia, Bacardi Breezer hats, and other prizes. You can also register to win gift certificates from Monty's and Hurricane T-shirts. It's a great time, so I hope you'll join Joe Zagacki, Coach Erickson, Sam Jankovich, and me, Sonny Hirsch, this Thursday from 6 to 8 p.m. live from Monty's Raw Bar, brought to you by Heineken and Amstel Light on South Florida Sports Station. That's 610. That's W-I-O-D. You were saying... 1214 at WIOD. Let's take a call from Fort Myers. Yeah. This is not Larry King. Thank God. I've got a, I've got a few additions here that I'd like to suggest to your honor roll of those who contributed to the demise of WNWS. This John, is John McHugh. John Harper. Do you is know this that John name? McHugh? Do you know that ain't John Harper? John Harper was my first board op at WKAT. This is John McHugh. How about Steve Gilbert? This is John McHugh. Can you believe it? Oh! Unbelievable. Well, what is this, a disease? Something like it, yeah. <laughs> what was the last one? Steve, Steve Gilbert. Gilbert. Oh, my God. He left him off? Oh, jeez. Wait a minute. Let me get my you list out. I don't know where yeah, they I are. Yeah, I got John Hopper. They're where Fort, are they now? Fort Myers. They're in Cape Coral. They managed to persuade somebody to put up $800,000 and buy WDCQ. Yeah. And they're busy doing the same with it. Destroying it. Well, listen, there's this so. great satellite service out of Colorado, man. They got this uh, Woody, Her Woody Herman stuff. It's fantastic. <laughs> oh, this boy's in love <laughs> with you. Yeah. I'm not on it. In love with you. Anyway, another contributor to the demise Johnny of Man's WNWS, Man's? of course, was the infamous Johnny. Fruitcake. Fruitcake. Oh, well, he, he was not an employee. He was in town, you know, only a couple of weeks ago. He was on leave. You know, he's in the Israeli army now. Yeah, I know that. And and he was in town, and he called. And Moshe Diane's pretty upset about it. Yeah. Incredible. Well, if war ever breaks out over there, Fruitcake's going to have a hand in it, I have yeah. a feeling. <laughs> Is this really John McHugh? John McHugh? 
He is, uh, now that you ask, working part-time weekends at the Great Talk radio station in Fort Myers. W-I-N-K. The Big Wink. The Big Winker. Yeah. As opposed to we the, big the Big Wink. Winker, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, they've got the resources to do it right in one of these days. Yeah. Maybe. Okay. Well, Enough. get out of that trunk, John. It's uh, great hearing from you. <laughs> okay. Yeah. See ya. John McHugh. Yeah, you know that list. That, that list you ought to mail to every uh, broadcast school Steve in the country. Steve Gilbert. To oh, do you remember Steve Gilbert? The name oh, jeez. They hired him. I forget. It was during the late period when I came back from Nashville and Crone was busy trying to destroy the station, and they put him on on the weekend. And he was like doing some fill-in and weekend. He was one of the worst. I have never in my life. He made Joey seem like um, David Letterman. I mean, this guy. And I'll never forget the night he was on the air, late nights, I think he was doing like midnight to 6 or something, 12.30 in the morning, he calls home, and he's got like a 9 or 10-year-old kid, and he says, Tommy, did Mommy and I get divorced because I was in radio? And he's asking his little kid why, oh, jeez, I mean, this guy, so, Steve Gilbert, WNW, he never, never, he was like Sandy Payton and drag, I mean, that monotone, oh, Jeez, how could I have left him off the list? That's like calling somebody and calling Waxy and saying, Am I a nice guy? Between Milton Fisher and Steve Gilbert, now the list is rounding out nicely. Miami. Hello. Yes, sir. Yeah, you know, I uh, listened to uh, what's been going on here. And, and, of course, the thing that I would ask both of you, because, and that's the economic side of the argument as to why uh, why the station died. The uh, and the, And I make reference to... Uh, <laughs> that's why. Yeah. Uh, you're a bastard. The uh, which up, sir? <laughs> the uh, the thing that that used to confound me is Neil's big numbers and all the criticism uh, where you guys were talking earlier. The station's got to stick by you, and uh, you know to go ahead and make make a good show or make a good reputation. And but I guess the thing that I'm asking is is theirs was a demise because they couldn't sell the show. But yet, Neil, haven't you uh, talked about uh, how uh, management doesn't go along with you, and yet you're pulling out the big numbers? Uh, uh, what drives the the uh, the reason for talk radio? Because I think no, I haven't, issue said, man- I haven't said management doesn't go along with me. I said management is dumb, which they are, <clears throat> and they don't listen to your suggestions, which they don't. But in terms of um, interfering with what you do or just totally putting the clamps on you, they don't do that. Mm-hmm. Well, but but still, if you've got the good numbers, that means that you've got a pretty good sense of what the uh, the market is about, and so that if uh, I mean, if I was the guy that was uh, holding the uh, the purse strings, and so, and you come up to me and said, okay, look, why don't you go ahead and do a format uh, that does this, this, and this? Uh, for example, when you were at WNWS, mm-hmm. uh, and then they said, yeah, but that was Dick Casper, and they did it. You see, he listened, and the station went from no, from point ones. We finally had a six point four was the the glory book that we had like in uh, eighty one in the spring of eighty one. A yeah, six I, four from nowhere. Yeah, the, the thing with uh, WNWS is that they're owned by an insurance company in North Carolina, and there's nothing more conservative than an insurance company. Okay. Uh, and and they would just they didn't want any controversy, and you can't do well, talk without have, having controversy. That's a good point. Let me let me give you another example. Let me give you another example. When I was at WYNZ, I did 8 to midnight, okay? And it was, um, I had some younger people, but mostly that topic uh, or issue-oriented geriatric talk, okay? Sure. Then I convinced them finally, because the news numbers during the daytime were dismal. Put me on in the daytime, kick ass. We did. I wound up with one book sure. on yeah. nine share. 
Okay, then I went over to Zeta, did the same thing, kicked everybody's ass in the morning. Well, wait a minute, let me, let me, just, let me just finish. Go ahead. But the bottom line is that Guy Gannett Broadcasting out of Portland, Maine, not unlike Jefferson Pilot, is a very Yahoo, a conservative outfit. They were terrified and petrified by the controversy, by everything that Stan and I were doing. They didn't have the stomach for talking, at least to their credit. I mean, in, in a perverse way, at least they finally, in as much, said, okay, we, we're all news, we want to be all news, we don't have the stomach for this, everybody go have a good life, and we just can't handle it anymore. And they couldn't. Yeah, but if, they're, if, if I'm making the bottom line, okay, if, you, if I project and I say, okay, we're making, uh, because of uh, the recommendations that I'm taking from the guys that are in the seats, and they're saying, okay, I'm getting a good rate of return on the investment. Uh, I'm saying, hey, go out there, take the heat. No, yeah. but a big company won't do that. Yeah, a, well, a, what? A I get it. They're in business well, to make money, right? A big company. How yeah. about Infinity Broadcasting Cox, and Howard Stern? That's not a little yeah, company. Cox Broad, they've always been in the forefront. Cox is a different situation, too, in that it's family held. They're not answering to stockholders. Yeah. And that makes right. a big difference. But the profits isn't enough, then, to go ahead and listen to what, what works. They just don't want the controversy. They feel that they can make the money another way. These organizations, they make so much money in their other main line of business yeah. that, you know, it so relatively... They're comparing this enterprise versus the other interests. Yeah, they just don't want the... They're afraid that... And, and the people who orchestrate these type of campaigns, what they do is they go after them where they live. They say, not only will we destroy your radio station, we'll destroy your insurance company. Mm. And... They get nervous, and That's they don't want it. They say, well, there's a lot of ways to make money. Yeah, but, even, but, but you're giving them too much credit. Even forgetting about people that go after them, to use that expression, before any of that ever happened, they were losing. They, they had that geriatric audience. They don't know. I mean, we're making it too complicated. They don't know how to win. They ruined WGBS, which is a major station with a big signal. They ruined WNWS, which a lot of us had worked hard and built to a major factor in this market with big numbers and demographics that weren't all geriatric. We had a lot of living and breathing people, and they destroyed it. And they yeah, wouldn't but, change, but, and they wouldn't listen to anybody. The when you say they destroyed it, okay? They did. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, is as that happens, doesn't the dollar, the economics come in to say, hey, you know, that's a dumb move? But they, but they don't know any better. They don't know any late. better. And they just kept going with it and going with it and going with it, waiting for some miracle to happen, which never did. So now their answer is to can almost everybody, to cut the to cut the overhead down to virtually nothing. And so even the minimal billing that they've got, they're going to cut their losses on AM. Life has got big numbers with their music on the FM. That's how they're going to make money. In other words, they've got question. that AM license. They don't know how to make any money with it. Bottom line question. I go ahead and say, okay, I'm going to uh, buy a station. You know, what What does it take to put a station, uh, to, to buy one, buy that, and then a monthly operating cost, and then what kind of a percent profit on your return? It would cost you about a million dollars for a cheap station, an AM station. Mm-hmm. And, and then, but what's the monthly operating? Well, that's the point. It depends. You know, if you know what? The, if you want to buy an AM station, the best thing to do is do like the people that bought WVCG. It has no Broker. public service value. Broker the time. Sell it to the Haitians and the uh, yeah, uh, this group and that group. KAT, the same thing. Broker out the time. Religious nuts. Whatever it is, uh, get the money from them. You've got no overhead. They put on their own programs. You make a, you'll make a fortune. The people that own WVCG are making over a million dollars a year. Clear profit. And what they got on the air, I wouldn't wish on anybody, okay? But that's unfortunately what radio is. Yeah, but what I'm saying is is that I think it's really stupid when a, when a guy that has demonstrated your track record and that you, you know, because I always wonder why you, uh, you don't do the talk uh, topics 
the issue-oriented stuff. It doesn't work. It has its history. I agree. I agree. But and I'm I sure came on the air one day about three years ago, and I said, this is even boring me, so I, I can imagine that. how the audience feels. I, I would never go back to it, sir. You've got to have a feel for what goes and well, what doesn't. Well, you've got the feel. And it's, that's it's really amazing that people don't listen to you to, to well, make a buck. Then they never will. Well, hey, we're, listen, we're doing okay. Yeah, continued have, success. Thanks. 24 afternoon at WYOD. We have an open line of date, 751 9463 751 Rick Riley is God. Unicorn Village is celebrating their 11th anniversary tomorrow, Halloween Day, with a gourmet tasting fair from 1 to 8. And you'll find some incredible stuff. Boy, you don't have to go out and trick and treat. You can get free some of the great goodies from all the departments at the Unicorn Village restaurant and market. For example, the deli, the bakery. Boy, they've got baked goods over there. Just beyond belief. They've got cream puffs the size of your head. They've got incredible baklava. They have a carrot cake that I would kill for. All their baked goods are just fantastic. They use no garbage, no natural sugar, no refined anything in any of their uh, products. Seems like brown sugar, and they have the Coleman beef with no hormones and no garbage. The seafood department, the poultry department, and grocery department will all be providing goodies for you to sample. And the best part is it's all free all day tomorrow. You'll see all the employees in costumes dressed up like uh, Brian Norcross including the biggest pumpkin in Florida, even bigger than Debbie's right cheek. So come to the best trick-or-treat in town at the Unicorn Village Marketplace with their unbelievable Halloween party and gourmet tasting fair one to late tomorrow, Halloween Day. It is going to be sensational. The Unicorn Village Marketplace, they're just east of Biscayne Boulevard. Just go east on north, uh, northeast 207th Street in the waterways in Aventura. <laughs> Mild-mannered Tom Jickey is our guest. It's 1227 at WIOD, a troublemaker radio. Let's go to a mobile in Jupiter. Hello. Yes, sir. Hello. Speak to me. Hello, Neil. Yes. Yes, I was just calling to ask uh, Mr. Jickup if, uh, why doesn't the subject matters work on talk radio? They work on TV with the Oprahs and uh, all the rest of them? Well, you know, and that's part of the reason. That is exactly part of the reason. I mentioned it in the column I did you know, a month ago, predicting what would happen to WNWS. And, uh, you know, there's your base core topics, as we say, abortion, gun control, bilingualism, all those things. And then t to take some of the edge off that, you fill in with some of these bizarre shows. And those are the people now that you're getting on Oprah and Donahue, you know, the, the transvestite, lesbian, midget nuns, and all that other crap. Uh, and because they're there, th they've stripped away a lot of the guests that used to hit the talk show circuit. You can't do Armageddon every day. You know, Geraldo, you might see. Geraldo claimed that he was going to clean up his act. Not at all. It lasted I turned it on yesterday, and uh, he's doing a rape on college campuses, rape and violence yeah. on college campuses, which is, I mean, granted, it's a legitimate topic, but just to see the way he exploits everything, you know, he's not kidding anybody. Margate. Hey there. Yes, sir. Yeah, I got an answer to the um, Rick Riley, Tom Jacob problem. Okay. I think what we need to do is we got Put them both in the desert. Don't give them a match. No, no, no. We need, we need a wrestling ring. Gonna have them wrestle. We'll have Gordon Soley referee it. I got a better idea than wrestling. Why don't we get the farting post out? Well, Rick, Rick, the, the, those wrestlers are good role models for kids. You know, the violence is the answer. And <laughs> well, if, somebody, yeah. if somebody's different, kill them. Well, so the way I figure, they're wonderful role models. The way I figure we can kill three birds with one stone because we can air this during the Randy Martin show. Yeah, there you go. Well, I tell you what, Rick's got me out way big. I mean, I don't know if you. You know, we're in different weight classes and different sizes. We'd have to, we'd like, have we to let, tie them up. We have to let George and Tom go at it first. They're about the same size, and then we'll work up to Yeah, we could have the movie like The Defiant Ones. You know, handcuff the two <laughs> of us together and put us on a train. <laughs> yeah, and that, and I think Steve Kane's going to do okay in the, in 
on FTL because he's, you know, he's a firebrand. He's different. And well, let me just say this. Off. Let me say this. The reason I have no uh, no problem with having him call in and promoting the fact he's going to be on is because I don't think he's going to take five of the listeners that Rick and Suds have in the afternoon because it's a totally different, different kind of audience. Exactly. Yeah. The people are listening to this station. Our people are not interested in hearing the urine lady and uh, the reverends and the ministers and uh, Ellis Rubin. And those people who want that stuff, they'll go over there and more power to them. You know, I, I think that's fine. Well, I used to listen to them uh, way back when I used to be a delivery driver. And um, sometimes I had to turn it off because some of the guests he had were really just too far out. I mean, you know, it's like these people had like drills. Oh, yeah, the, you know, the head of an A. Breath and the head of the Ku Klux Klan. You can bet David Duke will be on, which would be a good guest, actually. Yeah, you could scream They'll have David Duke on there with, you know, probably off the title bomb. Yeah, yeah, it'd be good. You'd get some yelling, some screaming, some hatred. Well, yeah, I, I said today, and, and, you know, it's, it's all gotten lost in this. I said that a lot of days, I used to listen to, to, to Steve, but a lot of days, the same as you. It would be so far out that I would turn him off. And I'll, I'll tell you another thing about Steve, too, and talk about people doing boring things. When he was at WNWS before Fowler came in, he was a lot more controversial, a lot more emotional, a lot more exciting on the air. And then Fowler came in and performed the operation, I like to call it. Yeah. And even over here, he never really went back to that kind of, uh, you say, firebrand. I wouldn't agree with that word. Maybe he will be now, but he never went back to that. Before it's time. Well, he's hungry now. He's like, i got to make a living. Yeah. But um, I, don't know, I, I think he was at his best, though, on, on, this, on your station, when he didn't even have a guest on, when it was just him and the callers and... You know, well, that wasn't always his own choice. Unfortunately, yeah. the powers that be here felt that without a guest, he was lost. That was their feeling. And so they force-fed him to have guest after guest after guest. And a problem, like I said, and I know it because I did topical talk for uh, 12 years in this market, there just aren't that many good guests here. There's nobody here. Who are you going to have on? After you have the mayor and the dog catcher on a couple of times, uh, there's nobody left. There is nobody here that that's interesting. Well, as far as doing topics goes, I mean, you can, you can you know, watch TV news. Or, yeah, any, or any of these other, you know, Donahue. What you wind up with you is want, you wind up with whoever's on the circuit selling a book. Yeah, that's pretty much what it all is. Yeah. And people get sick of it. I mean, it's like this um, the thing over in Iraq. I mean, you know, it's on 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And, you know, you bring on, like, uh, the Iraqi ambassador, like King had. Who cares? Yeah. You know what the guy's going to sit there and say? Oh, we're, we're right, you're wrong, you know. See, another thing that happened when up. GBS entered into the uh, Martin picture here is that really help to kill. I mean, good competition is one thing, but when you have too much competition and too much of the same thing and a lot of it is bad, it kills it. And then you wind up with the same old voices. You could, When we had the four stations doing talk, you could literally turn from one station to another and hear the same old chronic regular. And five minutes later, hear them on another station saying exactly the same thing. Yeah, that was not oh. unusual. It wasn't unusual yeah. at all for a guest to be on, say, this station yeah. in the morning with yeah. Sandy and then on at night with... Uh, you know, or or if there was something hot like uh, immigration or bilingualism, you could go from morning, noon, and night, and every host on four different stations all talking about the same thing. And that's what happened nationwide with Topical Talk. AM became so desperate that most of it went either to news or talk, and as a result, people are talked out. They've heard everything said about the, the death penalty, about abortion, about any of those tried-and-true 20 topics. There's nothing left to be said. It's all been said a thousand times. And it gets real dull. Well... Hope you guys have a good one. And, and Tom, you know, I, I still want to see the wrestling match, and I, I do think <laughs> Dio and Sud should like, do the commentation with Gordon Sully refereeing during the Randy Martin show. Well, I'll concede. Rick would Rick would kick my butt. Well, we, we can well, much we can tie good. a hand behind. How about Alex back. Bennett? Because, yeah. Well, well, Alex Bennett. I went. He to said if those. he had the ability, he'd tear the hairs right off Alex's head. Yeah, I didn't understand that. Well, you know, why, why didn't he? I never did understand. Why didn't he have it? You know, why didn't he just take him out in the parking lot? Because he's a wimp. Have you ever seen Alex Bennett? Yeah. I, I, have I ever? I was on his second show here. 
I went to one of those um, audience things he had because I was in the area and I wanted free food. I mean, call me a mooch. And we, me and my friend went down there, and this guy is sitting with his hollow, sunken back eyes. He looks like he's about to fall asleep. He's taking pills. But he's only 26. <laughs> You're kidding me. Going no on 12. Way. Going on 12. Well, he, he he was taking pills and washing them down with diet, you know, Diet Coke. And, you know, you know he'd have his on-the-air personality. Well, I, Alex had his greatest moments at WMCA in New York during the, the drug culture years. When he had on, you know, uh, Timothy Leary regularly. No, and, Bill, he looks like he mentioned Timothy Leary hang out and ate some brownies and a few other things. Yeah. Because he was gone. I mean, this guy would get off the air, and, like, he wouldn't talk to any of the people that he invited over. He'd, like, just avoid him, ignore him, you know, and all, you know, all he would say to you is, like, please bring more friends. I need ratings. That was all he, you know, and then he was, like, lost. Well, say? he's back in his realm. They love him out there, and we're glad he's in there. In San Francisco. Have a great day. Thank right, you love him out there. I have a friend who's a TV critic in San Francisco, and he's, you know, we talked about when he went back and what had happened here and everything because he was doing a piece out there. And uh, they, they, But out there, he's got... A better, like you said, a better class of guests than Robin Williams. Yeah, because the out there it's a major market, and all his big stand-up comics that he's into so much, all the big names are out there. Yeah, and he has an opportunity here. He was desperate. He put any schlepper in the world, and Eric Lambert seriously ought to kiss. The, he had to go out there and kiss Alex on the forehead. If it wasn't for Alex Bennett, Eric Lambert would be, still be schlepping uh, his stand-up routine yeah. up there in Broward at, at these flop houses. Uh, so, so he gave an opportunity to a lot of people who were terminal. Who yeah, were, I mean, not anybody funny. who worked at a comedy exactly. club. Exactly. Yeah. Bring him in off the street. And it was just deadly. It was just deadly. But, you know, that happens to a lot of people. And that's one reason that I'm real reluctant to leave here. I've, I've invested 15 years in this market. Next March 1st will be 15 years. And, yeah, I'm doing fine, okay? But you never know. You can, you can be the greatest thing since sliced bread. You go to New York or Chicago or this place or that place, and if they don't take to you right away... Or if you have to suddenly make a big adjustment and what you used to do doesn't make it anymore, you can be all through. And if he would have stayed here, he'd have been People ask history. me that question all the time. Why doesn't Neil go to New York or go? And I've, that's exactly what I've told him. You, you just don't know where your act is going to play. In addition to which, you go to New York, you've got to make two or three times the amount of money you're making here At least. just to be in the same spot. I, I don't know. You know, I hate to be a New York basher because I live there and everything. Oh. But even being up there for these four days, how those people put up with it day in and day out, uh, the hassles, the the traffic, the holes. I mean, we're not talking potholes. We're talking craters, craters. And this isn't even the snowy season. It's going to get worse now. These are the ones that are left over from last year. And if you want to go across the George Washington Bridge, I had to go to the airport Sunday night to LaGuardia. Two hours to get 11 miles. Uh, it's how and, and this was a Sunday night with nothing going on. Sunday night at 7 o'clock. Why should the George Washington Bridge have been busy? There was nobody, there was nobody coming home from the Jersey Shore. Stand it. You get to the Triborough Bridge, it's, you know, you got to wait. You're about 60th in line to pay the toll, and you got some person in there who hates their job and makes no effort to do it fast, and they count the money as if, you know, they have arthritis, and they don't give a damn that the traffic is backed up into, into the battery. just doesn't matter to them. Uh, everybody's got alarms and bars on their windows and, you know, three German shepherds in their house. And speaking of German shepherds in their house, then they take the German shepherds out in the street. You've got to walk, watch where you're going to walk. I mean, I grew up in New York, and I wouldn't trade it for nothing. But anybody who talks with any kind of romantic, glowing terms in New York is out of their mind. That New York doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, that's what, you notice Kane said the same thing yeah. when he came back. The, the, the New York that people sing about does not exist. That's Camelot. 1237 at WIOD. Tom's going to give some opinions in a little while. We have a hard time getting him to do that. Rick and Suds will be here at 2 to 6 this afternoon, probably with a couple of opinions of their own. What is that? No, that's you not for you. you it's a piece of copy, I Tom. Just relax. You're so damn hyper. Calm down. It's 23 till 1 at WIOD, and we'll be right back. 610 WIOD. 
1241 at WIOD. Let's take a call from Sunrise. Uh, Neil? Yes, sir. All right. Uh, Tom, can we talk a little TV? Anything you want. Why is it? What's the reason with these networks? It's only October, and already Murphy Brown and Wonder Years is rerunning. Just the, the one week. Well, uh, the Wonder Years last week, I wondered about that myself because it wasn't supposed to be a rerun. They had a different show list than TV Guide. They ran into some production problems, and they thought they would be up against the World Series, so they, they stuck in a uh, rerun figuring, you know, nothing, nothing gained, nothing lost, and uh, they'd save an original episode for later in the season. Murphy Brown last night, was th this was the last week before the sweeps. You see what it is? You, you mentioned two good shows. The good shows take longer to make. They put some care into them. Uh, it, quality takes time. Uh, so they don't get them churned out as quickly as the shows that you, you know, who cares? Uh, so every now and then they get backed up in production. Rather than have these people operating with a gun to their head, they give them a one-week break, and, and then they can, they can operate at a human pace. And if you let somebody operate at a human pace, they'll do better work. And what's Dallas's excuse for waiting until November to start? Oh, that's simple. There was World Series games on uh, almost every, uh, ah. every... You see, what they didn't want to do, they could have put Dallas on Premier Week in September, but then it would have been on for a week, and then it would have been off for three weeks, then it would have been on for another week, and then off for another week. And because it's a serial, they thought the best thing to do was wait, start it fresh, and, and then just play it right through. Because it's, it's harder to preempt a serial than just a normal episode because there's that continuity. Like, Neil gets nuts when Nice Landing disappears for a couple of weeks. Yeah, you can make people wait a week for, to, hear, to see the story get resolved, but when you're asking them two and three weeks at a clip and doing it regularly, yeah. this is the first time one network ever had the playoffs and the World Series. So you had almost three full weeks of baseball. Right. Well, you would have. And yeah. what a job they did with it, huh? Oh, well. Talking about Nice Landing, I saw it. Movie for HBO, Deceptions, with Nicolette Sheridan, Harry Hamlin. That wasn't there. HBO, that was Showtime. Uh, Showtime, I rented it. Can you explain it? No, I had no idea what happened. I just loved her because she was undressed for most of the movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll tell you a story about that. You know, I but talked... I had no idea. I just watched it yesterday. I'm try they explained nothing in the movie. Well, nothing. yeah. Let me tell you, we were. Uh, she was just in this thing, Lucky Chances, that yeah. the NBC had. So they had her out in the press tour last summer. So after the question and answer session for... Uh, for the uh, NBC miniseries, a couple of critics who, who felt the same way. We all watched it for the sex scenes, yeah. and uh, none of us knew what, what it was. So we, we caught her afterwards, and we said, Nicolette, like, could you explain the plot to us? And she just laughed, and she says, oh, you're about the hundredth person who's asked me. It didn't make any sense to us either. Because when they shot the husband, he was really shot. Exactly, and she did. And, and, and the guy did come in, and he was going to attack her. And, and all, she said, yeah, all the scenes when she was alone... Yeah. With no camera, with just the camera and her, it looked like she was really afraid. She said the best, and remember now, she's in it, and this is the God's honest truth, these are her own words. She said the best she could figure it was, originally it was supposed to have been a dream, and then in the middle someone forgot that and took <laughs> it in an entirely different direction. She looks good, though. I mean, you know, they don't shoot these things in order. You shoot, you might shoot the last scene of the movie and then two middle scenes. See, this and caller the knows scene. that the best days in Outstanding was two seasons ago when Nicola Sheridan and Pat yeah. Peterson were rolling around naked on every episode. That's when it was great. Remember on the, uh, what do you call it, croquet course, where she had the strip croquet with the senator? Yes, sir. That now she rolls around naked with Harry Hamlin, which means she doesn't have very good taste. And she doesn't have anything to worry about. <laughs> have a great day. Okay. Bye. So, 1244. Trust me, at WIOD, we have an open line in Broward, 524-9463, and also on a star line at Star IOD, if we have any more radio celebrities that want to call in. We've had John McHugh, we had Steve Kane, we had Alice off the air with a little a tidbit or two. Boy, God only knows what it'll be next. Maybe Sandy. I doubt it. And talk about people saying bad things.
What? About, oh, gee, oh, the yeah, way that they she, ripped Sandy I heard she was dry. on television. I heard she didn't look too terrific. Uh, she, she had those dark, dark shades on. on and no, I'm just talking about the way that they uh, rip her here, all the people that used to work with her. Oh, man, unbelievable. And I'm sure if she called them and asked them, they'd all deny it. They'd say, oh, yeah, we said that. Homestead. Hey, Neil. Yes, sir. Hey, Tom. Okay. Uh, boy, I wish Rick Riley would have called. I think he just made his case even worse than it was before. Yeah. Well, at least, you know, he, I, I saw that thing, the name on the uh, screen, and I deliberated for 20 seconds, and I thought, well, let's give everybody their say and uh, get it over with. You know? Yeah, I think it wasn't, wasn't the essence of his call that he's not a hothead? Oh, yeah, no doubt about it. Not, you know, I, I'll tell you something. Uh, I don't think Suds gets near enough credit for making that show what it is. Suds is, Suds is the humor there. Suds is a real gentleman, too. He, yeah, he's a laid-back guy, and he, he knows how to play off Riley real well. And uh, if it was Riley without Suds, there wouldn't be a show. Yeah, but see, I think that's the part about that show that makes it good, is that they're yeah. both different. There's a chemistry there, and Riley's the hothead, and Suds is, like, laid back and uh, real low-key. And it, that's... That's yeah. what makes it. I mean, nobody says you've got to be Mr. Mellow or Mr. Perfect off the air to have a great show. It's, it's like the cops, the good cop, bad cop thing. But sure, yeah, time, they'll go 15, 20 minutes, and you hardly won't hear a word from Suds, and then he'll just say something that's so funny you want to drive off the road. Well, he, he's the one that comes up with the funny stuff. What I called ask And he's a real gentleman, too. Again, I stress <laughs> that. <laughs> well, he is. Okay. Uh, Neil, was WFUN... Was it ever off the 790 uh, frequency? Was it ever 710? Not what? WFUN. WFUN. Was it always 790? Yeah, I'm sure it must have been. No, I think you're using GBS and NWS to combine. Oh, okay. Well, what I'm wondering is, like, you know, we used to, down here at Homestead, we used to get WFUN and WQAM real strong. Right. But did the tower used to be on Kindle for FUN? Oh, I have, that's before I came here. I, I know, know the office was on. The office was on Sunset Drive. Yeah. All, all I know is that by the time I got here, just before it switched to WNWS, the signal of FUN had deteriorated so badly that Real badly. it was almost like off the air. Terrible. I, I was just wondering about that. All right, here's one more question. Uh, uh, the target audience for for uh, you know selling selling shows is like 25 to 54, right? That's the one most advertisers want. Okay, because the, the Wall Street Journal had about. Uh, week or so ago that uh, 55 and older control most of the money in this country. This guy, I was arguing at work about, especially when, uh, you know... They, they do, but there's a difference. The, the they don't field, spend it, right? The field, no, they do spend it. They spend more than younger people. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, they, what the hell, they're going to take it with them. Uh, the problem is that the perception of advertisers, right or wrong, is that they're set in their ways, mm -hmm. that they're not as susceptible to new products, and most of your advertising is done for, for new products. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. But when, but when you go into a car dealership, for example, look around and see what the median age of most of the people is. You're not going to see too many people 75 buy a new car every year. That's true. Okay. Let me ask you this. What do you think Dennis Collins will do once? I, I turned that on uh, once the sun came up down here because, you know, we're, we're way far south of that uh, transmitter up there. And there had to be you. It had to be you. The Johnny Mann and, uh, What are they going to do when this fails? Uh, who's going to take the blame, and what are they going to do? I don't... What they're doing, apparently, is selling a combination... I mean, this thing is going to have... If it's possible, it's going to have demographics even worse than WNWS had. Yeah. And oh, they're absolutely. Gonna, they're going to sell it in combination with WLYF, which yeah, also they're gonna has call it. They're going to call it life and death. Wow. Have a great day. Bye. 1248 at WIOD with Tom Jicka, and we'll be right back.
News Talk Radio 610 WIOD, covering the big stories from around the world and South Florida. All right, now officials think they may have the fire under control at this point, and they've been working hard to contain the blaze to the Jefferson, evacuating nearby people buildings and keeping the flames away from some of the unpopulated buildings. The Miami Beach Fire Department called the Red Cross this afternoon and asked us to shelter uh, people that they thought were in danger of smoke inhalation. Several occasions that the crime stopped them and would uh, threaten them with arrest unless they would provide sexual favors with them. News, traffic, and weather. News Talk Radio 610, WIOD. Sure, 1252 at WIOD with Tom Jicka. Hi, Aaliyah. How you doing, Neil? Hi, okay. Tom. Hey, uh, I'd like to start off by saying I hope Lawton Childs walks all over Martinez tonight. That guy's an asshole. Yes, sir. Uh, vote early and often, folks. Very much. very much. 400 times, Neil. Tom's going to vote for Lawton Childs. Yes. Are, are you sure talking You bet. And coming from him, that's a miracle. Probably be the first time I voted for a top-of-the-ticket Democrat in my life. Oh. I voted for many Democrats, but not top-of-the-ticket. Uh, my brother wants to ask Tom something. Go ahead, Doc. Hey, Tom. Yeah? I want to know what you feel about the new episode of The Flash. I thought the pilot was wonderful. Was it? Yeah, I thought the pilot was. I think, you know, it gets old real quick. How many no, times I, don't. Can you... I think the effects are real good in this. And, you know, I've been watching it lately, and, and you, you know, I would think that they would die down and use the same, you know, from the first one, the same effects, but it's been going pretty well with it. You know? Yeah, I, I was predisposed not to like that show because I'm not a fan of that, that kind of uh, science fiction. Mm -hmm. But uh, they impressed me. I gave it a very, very favorable review. I, I love it. I love the show. Hey, Tom. What? What do you think of Twin Peaks? I think it's bizarre. I don't, I don't really care who killed Laura Palmer. I find all the people fascinating. Enough. Yeah, that's the same way I feel. I think uh, if it's going to last, he has to deal yeah, more with Yeah, just a bunch of crazy people. It's kind of kind of fun. Yeah. You just can't take it seriously. All right, I hope I hope it lasts. Well, it will. The demographics are very good. Even on, you think even on Saturdays it'll last? Yeah, don't look at the ratings. The demographics for the show are terrific. They're getting people there that they never got before. It's for the same reason that NWS had problems. Because their ratings weren't all that bad, but their demographics were. Well, the same with, with Twin Peaks, their ratings aren't that good, but the demographics are good. That's Advertisers don't buy ratings anymore. They buy certain audience segments. I mean, even when I run... You know, I run the 12-plus uh, the ratings when I do my rating story... Because, you know, that's kind of like the horse race competition, just overall viewers. But, it, you know, it's really misleading, the same as on Thursday when you get the TV ratings. The overall ratings aren't all that important. Like, Cosby's been beating uh, The Simpsons regularly, but The Simpsons has more viewers than Cosby. And, you know, if you want, I'll take a half hour and explain to you how that could be. But essentially what it comes down to is that Cosby, in, in a lot of those homes, there's only one or two people watching the show. Where The Simpsons, they find there's four or five people watching. So the rating you see in the paper is a household rating. Then you've got to multiply that by the number of people in the household. So The Simpsons actually has more people watching than Cosby. Uh, I don't like either one of them very much. Okay. Hey, Neil. Yeah. Can I uh, say so hello to some of my friends, please? Yes, sir. Chris, Bob, Pops, George. This sounds like romper room. <laughs> Chris over there. And, and hi, George. And yeah. Carlos and Herb. You guys are all chronic. Later, Neil. We're out of material. Okay. 1255 at WIOD, Miami. Neil. Buenos dias. How you doing? Great. Leasing. I'm listening. Remember that? Uh, Neil, I wanted to ask you something. I had a great time on Friday, and I have a copy of the uh, Channel 7 thing. I don't know if you're interested. I could send you a copy. Yeah, I'd love to see it. Okay. I'd love to see it. Oh, really? I was out of town. It was kind of short, but it was really funny, I tell yeah. you. Well, I can relate to that. Okay. I'll, uh, you're going to be going to Sunday's game? 
course. Uh, can I give it to Rick or Sutz, and they'll take it to you upstairs, or? You mean the tape? Yeah, the tape. Or you want yeah. me to just drop it off the station? Yeah, you can give it to them. Is Rick on it a lot? Huh? Is Rick on it? No, no. he's no. Because no, no, he was, no. They were just, here. He'll probably stand and jump on come it. Come on, come on, come on. Jeez, give the guy a break. Yeah, yeah Channel 7, they just won't give him credit. He's not that bad. <laughs> now, why do you think? Channel 7 must hate him. All right, give Rick the tape, but don't mention Tom's name when you do it, okay? I'll never see it. Okay. All right, Neil. Thanks a lot. Thanks. Bye-bye. 12.56 on Hostility Radio, 610 WIOD. Let's go to Hollywood. Yes. Hey, how are you? Great. Uh, listen, I have a couple questions I want to ask you. Yeah? Okay. The, uh, the first one is, what do you think of the new, the local news team? Do you think that they should be replaced by network news team? What? <laughs> the anchors. All right. Like on Channel uh Yeah, Channel let's bring 4. in Dan Rather. Yeah, I'm sure, yeah I'm sure Tom Bronco is just anxious to come down here and work on Channel 4. No, I mean to hire executive uh, like NBC news team instead of hiring local people that live here. Do you have any concept how television works? <laughs> uh, yes, I do. I don't think What do you mean so. by executive NBC News team? What does that mean? Well, I mean uh, people that, you know, work in the field, like uh, doing national news, like on NBC or ABC. Well, what would they know about this community? But what's wrong with having, uh, you know, people that know, uh, you know, like network news and, you know... What do you want? I don't understand. It makes no sense to me. We have local people who do the local news, and we have network people who do national news. It's pretty simple, isn't it? Right. Do you want a guy in New York writing about next Tuesday's election in Hialeah? No. Well, that's what you're saying. Well, I'll scratch it. I have okay, a... let's move on to the next one. It's got to be better. It is. Okay. What do you think about scrambling? I hate it. You know, but I hate it for a selfish reason. Do, do you think that they're going to start scrambling AM and FM radio stations locally? <laughs> I think they are. <laughs> oh, well, he's having you know, a good time. You know the spot that says, uh, this is your brain? And, yeah. Uh, that, there is the guy. Yeah. Let's go to Pompano. I remember when you used to do nights and topics, and sometimes you'd get some of those women who were into the bottle, you know, at dinner time. Yeah. This guy, uh, he's uh, got an early start. He must be hanging out with Henry. Hello. Hey, how's it going? Good. Hey, Tom. What's shaking? Oh, uh, me. Uh, Don't you think we ought to have people from Time and Newsweek writing the local newspaper? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Rick's going to be in here in a little bit, so I'm shaking. Yeah, Tom, I was wondering, is the satellite feeds that they're using on AM now, is that like the wave of the future? Or all, all no, they've been things? doing that for years. It's just a... You, Usually in a market this size, you don't get radio stations doing that. They program their own. I mean, I've even heard news that was satellite on certain stations. Almost all the news you hear is satellited. I mean, you know, mutual yeah. and ABC. everything that comes from the network is now on satellite. Would stereo AM like would that inject new life into AM? Would that save it? I don't think so. How would it save it? Well, I, well, I you know, know, maybe the music sound would be better. It would yeah, be. Well, it would sound just like yeah. FM. The only problem, the only problem is that everybody in America would have to go out and buy a new radio in order to be able to pick it up. That's that's a that's problem. That's true too. Yeah, you need a wider band, don't you? Uh, no. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, no. It's just uh, you need a different receiver. That's all. It sounds just as good as FM. Yeah. I mean, if if they did go to AM stereo, would would there be AOR stations on AM? Would Probably. that sure sure a why not type of life to the to the AM? Well, I suppose there would be, sure. But one of the reasons there's no big push for it is that there's no shortage of space on the FM band. Yeah. And now they're going to do this digitalized thing, yeah. too, which I don't even understand yet. So Digital only the shadow knows, yeah. yeah. Anyway, we'll come back for our big one to two hour. Probably some folks will be uh, coming in the building looking in the window, which ought to be very exciting. Let's get some security in here for Tom. 
The lovely, the talented Elaine Ettor is standing by with our 1 o'clock geriatric news. No, it's not the news that's geriatric. It's Elaine's boyfriend. Then we'll come back at 105. Dick and Dud at 2. Sports Talk 605. Talk Radio 610 WIOD. Sure. Blame it on the switch. Right. 107 at WIOD. Tom Jick is here. Suds was in uh, the studio. Everybody's happy. Suds yeah. is smiling. Got to get along great. So how am I doing? Why can't we all get along? Yeah. Rick. Oh, he's always like that. We have an open line and a star line at Star IOD for our Bell South Mobility friends. I'm just uh, here to have a good time, have a little lunch, and go see Mommy. Jupiter. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Yes, sir. I have three quick things for you. Number one, uh, Tommy, you were talking about uh, advertisers don't buy necessarily to the numbers, but they, they're going for the demographics even though the number might be low. Yeah. God, that's fascinating. Well, depending on how low. I mean... <laughs> You know. Yeah. No, bulk audience doesn't mean. You know, well, but even so, if you I, have, yeah, can't be off the you can't map. be all that low. If you've got but a big you, 25 to 54, you yeah, can't you gotta, have a one. But what I'm saying is, like, uh, Twin Peaks does, like, a, you know, it's ranked like 72nd among all shows in all households. But demographically, it's, it's in the middle of the pack. Well, then the same, Knott's Landing must do pretty well then, too, because they only, like, the last week they were 38th, but you know that most of it. behind LA Law, yeah. Yeah. Oh, does that same, con- yeah. same concept apply for radio, too? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Okay, number two. A couple of weeks ago, I had a radio accident. I was listening to Mike Miller, and he was talking about mm. the books, and he said, we are the number one rated AM radio station in the southeast. Well, do you know what that means? <laughs> no, no, I'll tell you why he says that. Number one talk AM station. The reason for that is because they're talking to Palm Beach Market. And in that market, they've got a big share. Yeah, there's I don't know nothing else. Is. The PBR is virtually off the air now. They, yeah. They've let go just about everybody. In the, I think they only have one live show a day. Uh, so, yeah, they dominate. But everything is relative. I mean, the, like num- a, the number of people that it translates into is minuscule because it's only Palm Beach County. I mean, the whole population of Palm Beach County is only about a half a million people. Yeah, it'd be like, it'd be like Jose Canseco coming down here and, you know, signing up at a softball league and hitting 800. Yeah. Well, that doesn't mean that he's going to hit 800 in the major leagues. Well, I tell you, they sure do sell the uh, Fort Lauderdale area, you know, and their uh, top-of-the-hour IDs, you know, just... Well, they, they've got a powerhouse combo, them and RMF. Uh, yeah, but they're, they're not any factor in this market. For example... Uh, pretty boring. Well, no, but well, I'm looking, I'm looking in the no. book. They get fractions in the Dave Broward book, so no, they're, they're not do, a factor. IOD does much better in Palm Beach than they do in Dave and Broward. As a matter of fact, uh, as a matter of fact, Monday through Sunday, 12 plus in his last book, uh, they had a point five. Okay. Well, I'll give you an example. In, in the Palm, you know, I do the Palm Beach ratings because uh, a lot of our readership is in Palm Beach, mm-hmm. and almost all the time, four of the top ten stations in the Palm Beach market are Dade County stations. I get tickled up here, you know. Somebody will say, hey, we're number four in the market. Well, hell, there's only six stations up here. Right. Well, yeah, it's about 12, but, yeah, most of them you can barely hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Uh, final thing. What, uh, what's AM radio going to be in the year 2000, man? Jesus, what's, what's next? Well, I think uh, it's got to be pretty much what it is now, a band for, for ethnic radio, for uh, talk radio, and for brokered radio. That's it, huh? Yeah. Brokered radio is, you, you've got two stations in this market making a lot of money. I mean, and I... You, I know I know the owner of KAT. Uh, I've known him for for years. He's a guy I talk to regularly on the phone. Howard Primer. I, Neil's not a friend of his, but you know, I, I find him to be a he, he's he's a radio maven. He knows what's going on, uh, at, you know, at all the stations. And I I found his insights to be valuable. And when, when I need you know what what this one's up to and what that that one's up to, Howard bought that radio station. Because he always had the dream the program is on radio station. Yeah, Howard's like, father-in-law yeah. bought that. Well, station. yeah, but um, yeah, the, 
the point is, he's you know, it's his station, and uh, but he found he's making so much money as a brokerage station that you just can't afford to maybe play radio. Neil. Yeah. You know, there's really and truly just a handful of incredibly talented broadcasters in the country, and and you're truly one of. Them. Well, thank you. Okay. Appreciate it. Bye. Now, what he says is true without talking about me, but there's so few people who are really creative and who are really entertaining and really whatever, in whatever field they happen to be. And, and I think now it is showing more than ever before, now that AM is really desperate and people are... Well, there's that new uh, talk TV network that's going to be coming on first quarter of next year, cable talk network, and you look at the lineup they got, and if that's the best... That's they... not the lineup. Alan Burke is going to be on overnight. No, he's not. It was in the Trey publication last week. I have the full page. Alan Burke is going to be on overnight? Yeah. Or are they still just printing the names that they picked no, out of the No, no, no. They've got the actual lineup. They announced it. Alan Burke's on overnight, and Joy Behar is on. Who? Joy does, and uh, Bruce Williams is on. Uh, I, I, you know, I've been meaning, I wanted to talk to you about that. I'll call you because I wanted to see what you think about it. I'm going to write a column on it. But, yeah, no, they've got the actual lineup. They're going to do, like, two- and three-hour blocks. They're going to have a medical show in the morning. Oh, They're going to have a financial boy. show. Hello, Dr. Yeah, the oh, Feldman and all that. Jeez. Alan Burke is going to be on overnight. He's got, like, a two- or three-hour shift, like, from two in the morning till five in the morning in the east and midnight, you know, 11 to one in the west. It's going to be simulcast all over the country. Uh, they, they, uh, and when you look, and I said, is this the best they can do? You just wonder. Yeah, well, they sure aren't spending any money, that's for sure. Twelve minutes after... Larry King missed that. Yeah, well, he'll probably uh, get his nose in there somewhere. When your nose is that big, you get it anywhere. Twelve minutes after one at WYOD, and if you've heard us talk about it, a lot of you probably have uh, kind of wondered about low jack. Does it make any sense? Does it work? You can go out and spend thousands of dollars for an auto alarm system, literally, like two, three grand, and think you've got the greatest protection in the world. The only problem is when somebody breaks into the car and the alarm goes off, number one, nobody pays any attention. And number two, the experienced auto thief can disable the alarm in just a matter of, like, seconds because they know where they install it, they know how it's installed. And so after a few seconds of beeping and honking and nobody paying any more attention, no more alarm, and guess what? No more car. It's gone. You'll never see it again. And, boy, uh, trying to collect on that automobile takes months and months with the insurance company and hassling, and you'll never get back what you have invested. It's a nightmare. So get yourself some realistic protection for your automobile or truck or van that you can afford Lojack. When you get into most new car dealerships now, you'll see all the big signs. They recommend it. When I bought that last Corvette, the guy said, whatever you do, be sure and get that Lojack in there because this is a valuable car. I know you love it, and they really are enthusiastic about it. You will be, too, when you see the price and the effectiveness. It's got a 95% recovery rate. You can't beat it. Lojack. For information or to arrange convenient installation at your home, your office, or a new car dealership, call Elaine right now at Lojack. There's no obligation. And she'll be waiting for your call till 6 in the p.m. Call toll-free 1-800-53-LOJAC and check it out. That's 1-800-535-6522. It's 116 at WIO from an oxygen tank. Miami. Hey. Yeah. First thing first, uh, what movie is this that uh, pages... Uh, <laughs> What's the name of it? Oh, uh, Deceptions. It's on is, Showtime. Uh, are the scenes good in it? Uh, there's no real... No. No, what? it's like kind of side It view. depends on how desperate you are. Did you see White Palace? Seen what? White Palace, the movie with Susan Sarandon. No. No, it's about like that. You know, a lot of side views. 
lot of rolling and heaving, but you never really get a clear-on shot. Well, hey, don't worry about that madman Rick Riley. His biggest problem is he has a poor relationship with his father. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to get into that. I'm not going to get into that. Okay, great. Let's go to Kendall. Uh, Tom, how are your day? I'm just fine. I, I don't know how I'll be in another half hour. Neil, how's it going? Great. Listen, I, uh, Tom, I don't know if you uh, listened to Dan Rather's comment while he was here in Miami about uh, that the United States of America should think twice about invading Iraq. Why? Because he's not there anymore? Well, you know, I get the feeling like this guy is like somewhat of a supporter of Iraq. Uh, I don't think that's true. Well, I mean, why would he... I, I, think, we should, I, I think it's good advice to think twice before you invade anywhere. <laughs> but, I mean, when you think, of, you, you think of the problems that we had in Grenada and Panama where they wanted us, you know, now we're going into a place where they got a, a military force of a million people. And, and I still, when push comes to shove, no offense, but I don't trust all those other Arab nations to really stand behind us. I agree with you, but I just thought that for, for Dan Rathers to say something like that was kind of a uh, one-sided situation. No, I, I think that's pretty good advice to think twice before you embark on anything like that. Also, Rick Rowley and Alex Bennett have the same personality, don't you think? Uh, I always thought Alex had a halfway decent personality. Well, you know, he's doing the same things that uh, Alex did when uh, he said things about Alex, and Alex would call him up on the phone, so it's kind of a deja vu, right? Only, well, Rick, only Rick's got an audience. Yeah, but, and, and, <laughs> and some of it you got to realize is show business. Okay, guys, thanks. Okay. 118 at WIOD. Let's go to Fort Lauderdale. Yes, hi, Neil. How you doing? I just wanted to, I was watching Regis Philbin this morning, and Alex Bennett, they're testing a new uh, hair product. Yeah, I'm surprised Eric Lambert wasn't on with him. Yeah. And he's going to be one of the guys that are going to use it and then come on the show to see if it grew any hair. And they showed a shot of his bald head. Yeah, next week he's going to be on with Regis. They have a new product for a talent transplant. It's going to be great. I want to ask Tom, uh, I know he likes to show evening shade. Does he uh, think it's as good as the amazing Teddy Z was, which also you know, didn't seem to make it? Oh, they did entirely different shows. One was broad fast, the other subtle humor. Uh, I, I enjoy both shows. I, I like it, yeah. There's no show this year that really blew me away. I like Cop Rock, and that's going in the toilet. What do you think of WIOU? It's okay. It's okay? Yeah, it's just okay. Uh, as far as demographics go, I think that uh, another example of that would be uh, 30-something. They get uh, not good ratings. Uh, that's the clearest example. Uh, last year, uh, or maybe it was the year before, I remember writing about it at the time, uh, 60 Minutes was, not, was the number four show overall on television. And uh, 30-something was number 45. But they got more money per per minute for a commercial on 30-something than they did on 60 Minutes. Because 60 Minutes, again, 60 Minutes audience is all 55-plus. Yeah, it was, they get great demographics. Yeah, where 30-something gets the ideal demographics. Yeah, that, that, that's probably the best example. Yeah, and I just wanted to say that uh, that show on Friday was incredible, Neil, but it was due to your efforts alone, really. And that line about Francine Thomas when she came by and said, where are all the black people? It just, it just knocked me <laughs> What? Yeah. You're kidding. Did she really? No, no, I just made it she up. just made uh, it up. Because we were over across me. the street, down the street, getting ready with our uh, procession. And, and I was just doing a little uh, fictitious play-by-play. -play. It was funny. And in closing, anytime Rick Riley says anything clever, it's merely a coincidence. Have a great day. Thank you. Okay. Well, a little Rick Riley bashing there. Yeah, I'm hospital. not taking part in this. I mean, but I know it's... But you all, like it. I, well... Yeah, you like it. I mean, he's going to come in here and bash me probably for the next four hours. Huh? He'll come in here and bash <laughs> me for the next four hours. <laughs> well, we'll see. They got guests today. They got the video gizmo guys, Dr. G. Glenn... And uh, Janice Van Ransburg.
Woo, from Video Times Magazine. And they got the Payphone Challenge 14B with a strawberry parfait in your pants. So they got a lot of stuff to keep them busy. And speaking of guests, Randy Martin tonight. We haven't spoken much about her, thank God. Female comedians and the latest... She's stealing Alex Bennett's act. Wait, and the latest fashion trend, body piercing on the Randy Martin Show. Oh, could I watch? Maybe they can start with Randy. What are you, Wendy, what's your piece? 21 after 1 at WIOD, and we'll be right back. If you miss the... 25 at WIOD with Tom Jicka. What is this? Oh, good. Fort Lauderdale. Oh, well, you got what? to me right away. We're, yeah. ho we're hoping he shows up at uh, Howard's Christmas party. Yeah. Hi there. Yes, sir. You know, Neil, it's interesting that uh, that you've been in this business as long as you have and you don't know anything. Yeah, right. Yeah, I... I, uh, I have a feeling we're going to learn it all now. Yes, in sir. In a few minutes. You know, uh, I, I'm kind of insulted that uh, you don't think anybody under 55 years of age uh, uh, cares anything about this country. When did I say that? Well, that's, uh, that's what you implied. No, I didn't say that. I said that the kind of talk that we were doing before with the topics doesn't make it anymore. That's what I said. And if, uh -huh. you, go to air, and if you go to all the research in every major market and every small market, I guess they must all be stupid, too. So why don't you educate us? As I said a few minutes ago, sir, uh, 60 Minutes, it's prime audience is people 55 and over. That doesn't mean 60 Minutes isn't a good program. It doesn't mean there aren't some people under 55 watching it. But right. most of their numbers are people 55 and over. It just seems to me like, you know, people, uh, you should be doing, like this whole radio station is such a total waste. Then why, you then why are you listening there's, to there's it? There's nothing here. No, then why do you listen to it? <laughs> what else is there? Oh, oh now come on, come now. on! What else is there? Isn't everything else? You can, you can, you can turn on, you can turn on. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Do you have cable? There's nothing here. No, see, you don't want to have a conversation. All you want to do is make an assault. Do you have a? Do you have cable? No, I don't. I don't even have a TV. Oh, so then, then you want to lay us on? Why, why don't you go out and buy a TV and get some cable and watch C-SPAN and CNN and headline news? When There's hours and hours and hours all day long. You can watch your government in action. You can hear about what's going on in the world. We can't be all things to all this people. Is, this is a really unique guy. You know, that there's something like only one-tenth of one percent of the people in this country don't yeah, have a don't television. Have TV, this so. is one of them. No, I don't have TV. I, uh, there's nothing on there that uh, that really interests me. Well, then you're an imbecile. Then you're an imbecile. Then you're telling me that but the news isn't worth watching, that Nightline isn't worth watching, that CNN isn't worth watching. Wait a minute, wait a minute. You get what? MTV. I said when I did have a television yeah. set and when I did have cable in a previous place where I was living, yeah. uh, uh, I did watch a great deal of C-SPAN and CNN. And yeah, so why don't you have it now? Public television. Why don't you have it now? Well, it's... You know, that's, that's a personal uh, question living situation. Oh, and so on. yeah. So you can only afford your little radio, and you want us to... We want us to get... You want us to gear our entire... Do you live in a cardboard box under a bridge? No, wait a minute. You want us to gear our entire radio station to you. To hell with the audience, to hell with anything else. We're supposed to entertain you, right, or inform you. Well, I think that your type of program is okay to a certain extent, but you spend a great deal of time... You know, I think there could be a nice mixture... Uh, I'm, but you know something? I'm not interested in what you think, because I've been in the business for 30 years, and quite contrary to what you say, I have great ratings, and I'm making a lot of money, and I'm very successful. And I didn't consult with you first, okay? So you're, you're, entitled, you, you you're entitled to your opinion, but I'm not interested in it. You've gotten old, and you've gotten lazy, and you just don't want to do the work to put a topical talk show? No, I, that's, no that's got nothing to do with it. The fact is that it's boring, okay? It was boring to me, and the fact that WNWS just went off the air with it, and they're playing no, the 1940s music has to tell you something, doesn't it, sir? Now, let's, get, let's get to WNWS. Yeah, let's. Okay. Rest in peace. All uh, right, WNWS or, or their, their did, did you listen to that when it was on? Uh... Yeah, I did. Yeah, I didn't like was, that much either. Yeah, what do you like, sir? What is it that What is it that you do like? They didn't have any talent. 
now getting to WNW. Well, who's talent? Who would you say is talent? What they did was a very positive move because what they had to do, uh, you see the snow, the brain damaged uh, snowbirds are coming down. Yeah. Sure, when it comes to brain damage, we finally got to an area you have some expertise in. 129 at WIOD, we have an open line in Broward, 524. There he is, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, you just missed him. Your buddy just waved, but he walked by very fast. You're safe. Miami. Hello. Hi. Uh, Neil? Yes, ma'am. I'm Tom Chicken. Uh, Neil, I've been listening to you when you first started WNWS. Oh, God. Uh, well, yeah, but you were very good. Well, that's when I used to be good. Well, you're not bad now. No. Uh, but um, I was going to ask Tom and I was listening to when you were discussing of why these uh, talk shows are failing. And, are, you know, around the country, are they really trying to get rid of mostly talk shows? Nobody is get, trying to get rid Any radio station owner in America would put anything on the air that worked. Talk shows are not working now. People have burned out on the topics. There's only a few topics, and as Neil said, there's only a few guests who can articulate them very well. They all have the same people. They recycle them. You can't sit day in, day out, hour in, hour out, listening to the same old stuff. Do you think that there's anything in the world that can be said new on the topic of abortion? Anything that could be said new on the topic of gun control? Anything that could be said new on what the United States should do in the Middle East? Or capital punishment. Yeah, and well, meanwhile, the that's left versus the right. And, and, the, and that's what these programs on, try and on, do. On. Yeah, but, uh, uh, Tom, some of these people like Neil and um, uh, Jerry have been in the business 30 and 35 years, and uh, WMRZ still haven't. So, I mean, you know... Uh, still has what? 30, 30 years' experience. What does that mean? Well, I think that people's experience uh, show a lot in the business. Okay. Have a wonderful day. 131, we had a perfecto there. Pembroke Pines. Hi, Neil. Yes, sir. Hey, and nobody congratulated you on yesterday's show, and for a Monday, that was unbelievable. Well, we're still riding the tide from Friday, I think. The I, audience is on a uh, roller coaster. I think maybe that's it. Uh, I got something. I want to direct uh, something at Tom. Uh, I... Uh, he made a statement in the first hour, you know, he said how many, you know, you were talking about the racing and how they had, you know, people would go back just to see, a, you know, a horse yeah, another accident or, or a car at Indy, how many go to see just a crash. Do you think that, doesn't that come to play in, in the recent events with the hockey? Do you think a lot of people went to that hockey game to see the fights and not so much? Oh, well, it was a small part of it that that might happen during the game. I, I don't think this game. I that, don't. Not the game that we had here. I mean, it just was a happening. It was a one, maybe once in a lifetime thing. Because right now the thing looks pretty shaky. Yeah, I don't, I don't I mean, know where we're going to get it. Nobody's behind it to, to, for permanency, but yet I think a lot of people might have went down there because they wanted to see every, you know, everybody duking it out. No, I think a lot of people go to hockey games to see that in general, but yeah. I don't think that particular game is a good example. Okay, I got one question I want to aim at Tom. I, I, I'm, I'm not. I one think of those people go to hockey games in Toronto now in hopes that we might win another game this <laughs> season, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't hold my breath. Well, I'm an Islander. Fan. Well, yeah, yeah, then, yeah, you, then you can relate to it. Uh, yeah, right. I'll tell yeah. you, it might not be the worst thing in the world. Supposedly, there is another Wayne Gretzky, the, the first draft choice this coming year. Oh, oh that's right. Toronto traded it, though, to Jersey. They don't have a draft Thanks. choice. Okay. Uh, okay. Hey, Tom. Really, the next Wayne Gretzky is supposedly coming out this year. What? I got one question. I'm not uh, I'm not one of those one-tenth of one percent that don't own a TV. However, I probably watch a TV less than two hours a week. And that's basically because... 
I work midnights and I stay up like during the day when I get home in the morning too. I listen to Neil and I'm home. I'm up to about three. Then I sleep from like three to nine. Don't you sir. watch the news ever? A football games uh, or anything? Maybe some football on a Sunday. Uh, you know, oh, maybe a one game would be more than two hours a week. But anyway, um, I watch very little TV. And there was a show on years ago that I don't understand why they took it off, and the network would never answer to, as to why they took it off. They just said it was, you know, our decision to take it off, and it was very popular. It was called The Days and Nights of Molly Dodd. Can you tell me what, why they... Did they it's on Lifetime Cable Network now, and they're canceling it. Well, it's, why? It was so popular back it then. It wasn't popular. It, it inherited, it it inherited like a 35 share from Cheers and took it down to about an 18 share. And then, oh. then L.A. Law would come on, and it would go back up to a 30 share. That's pretty clear rejection. Okay, well, I guess I was, you know, I... I, I Don't get me fun. wrong. I'm making a, a, a quantitative judgment. I thought Molly Dodd was terrific, too. I thought it was great. Oh, I thought, no, I, I but thought it, it was But it didn't get from, ratings. But I understood from the reading the papers and, like, People magazine and the stuff after they took it off, that they would lead you to believe that the, the, it, they couldn't understand it either because the show had high ratings. It didn't have high ratings. It, no, you reasons, never read that anywhere. Oh, yes, sir. And uh, no, one of the didn't. reasons is because of the fact that she was an attractive woman and she attracted, a, you know, she had a, a large male-backing audience. Now, I, that's that's what... what Molly Dodd never had a large audience and you never read anybody who knew anything about television say that. Okay, well, I just was curious about why that show went they off. They probably said it was a good show, but they never said it was a high-rated show. Okay, Tom. And it's on. It's still on Lifetime. Yeah, well, like I say, I don't get, I don't even, I barely get three channels here, and I don't turn them on 99% of the time anyway. Okay. All right, well, thanks a lot for answering my question. Okay, 134 on All Intellect Radio, 610 WIOD. Intellectual Radio. Well, listen, yeah. we've got to get, people we get a little bit of that in because people are, have a void in their lives. We have an open line in Broward, 524. Is that Roy Firestone? Jesus, it looked like him, didn't it? Where? I just had a guy on. Uh... I hope not. Why would he be on financial news? I don't know. It wasn't Roy, but it looked just like Gee, him. Gee, don't say that. Roy's uh, good, but I don't want to look at him. He just There's something about him. 26 till 2 at WIOD, and we'll be right back. <laughs> 22 till 2, our new Nutrisystem poster child, Johnny Dark, is in the building looking slim and trim and still got the same idiotic shirt on from Kmart, but he looks great. Let's go to Boca. Hey, Neil. Yes, sir. I'd ask Tom a couple questions. Shoot. Tom, how long have you been listening to Neil Rogers? Me? Yeah. Uh, I listened to you on KAT. How long ago is that? Okay, long enough. All right, me too. Wasn't he great when he did topics? Yes. It was fantastic. And and he's uh -huh. good doing this. And, and yeah, now I, now I know there's someone walking around the hallway going to go, say, sucking up to Neil. Well, but I got a couple of... I've made no... You know, I've been a fan of his for years, yeah. So... Yeah. Um, what do you what do you think is going to happen to Rick Riley's uh, numbers when Steve King gets back on the air? I don't think that Steve will have that great an impact. I really don't. That's a it's a station that only has a signal in Broward County. I think Steve will have an impact in Broward. Uh, Not the same audience. Yeah, he, he'll get. He, yeah, I I think they're they're uh, what they're doing now primarily appeals to the lower end of the 18 to 34 uh, demographic. Uh, I think Steve plays a little bit older than that. I would say, if you ask me the average age of uh, of their audience, I would say it's about 22, 23. No, serious. I, I would, I'm, not, I'm not trying to be a smart ass here, and I want to label this clearly as my opinion, because I know someone's going to come in and probably come up with all sorts of... That, that's my opinion. I would say 22. You listen to the people who call into the show. That's how I judge. Well, I listen to... I would say Kane's audience is probably closer to the 35 to 40 bracket. Well, I do listen to... Uh... 
uh, Rick and Sud show on occasion. But you know what? It is very, I know, uh, Neil, you're not going to agree, but it is very close to what you do because, again, it's just another fun show. And you're, when you do it, it's like you peak. You know, uh, you peak through the day for that. And then here it comes again, and you're kind of tuning around, trying to find something something else because, let's face it, since we've been listening to you for so long, we like to have a little issue or a little topic. Well, I, I, you know, I am going to disagree because, first of all, Afternoon Drive, Jerry Williams proved it years ago, and he didn't do, uh, you know, Banana Split in Your Pants, but he did mostly humor in the afternoon. Yeah. And here's a guy who's been doing heavy-duty topics and, and has gone back to doing it in Boston for like 35 years now. But when he was down here... Uh, he learned very fast. He said in the afternoon and the traffic and the heat down here, the last thing people want to hear is screaming and yelling in afternoon drive. And he was absolutely right. He had a 5-6 in the afternoon, his last book here. And in afternoon drive, that is an enormous number. It's incredible. Sure. I remember you used to come in some days and go, I don't think I'm going to talk to anybody today. And he yeah. talked for four hours yeah. and he'd be entertaining. You know what? Uh, I, I do think that back when uh, Kane was back on the air after you, Neil, it was a well-rounded show, a well-rounded uh, whole IOD was really well-rounded. And I was one of the guys that was bashing Kane. But after he left, you know, where else to go? And then you brought in Bennett. And then it was like from 2 o'clock, I'm like, uh, radios. But uh, I just wanted to, you know, figure out what Tom thought about uh, what's going to happen as radios. I think they're going to get hit a lot harder than you guys think. Well, you just don't understand the nature of that radio station. It, the signal is only in Broward County. I mean, you know, maybe if you're on 183rd Street, you might be able to hear it. But for the most part, it's a Broward There's, there's another thing you're missing, too, and that is that, you know, what a lot of management people don't understand is you have the ability to expand the audience. Now, when I went on in middays on WINZ, Sandy and Al were on NWS in this station uh, in midday. And between them, they had about a six share, okay, six and a half, three, five, three, two, whatever. Uh, in the spring book of that year, I had a nine share. Al had a two seven. Sandy, I think, had like a two five or whatever. But if you add that up, that means like fourteen or fifteen percent of the audience were listening to talk in midday, as opposed to six and a half percent that were listening before. So it's not that you're always choosing from the or dividing up the same pie. If you put different things on that attract a different audience, you expand the universe. Yeah, like during the, during the World Series is a good example. The networks now are down to about sixty six percent of the viewing audience at any given time. They used to have 90%. But when the World Series is on, or there's a major mini-series, or even a couple of good TV movies on a Sunday night, the network share of the pie goes up to 80 85% sometimes. Again. So, yeah. Why couldn't Steve get a, uh, a job at a different radio station then? Because where, of the where, where, deal. Well, yeah, but where, 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 who's going to hire him? Yeah, well, that's, that's true. There's nobody not doing talk. business like you guys do, but let's face it, he, not only does he have a good following, he, did, he had decent numbers. No, but, but wait numbers. a minute. Wait a minute. What you don't understand is nobody is doing talk. With the last serious talk station just went off the air, as you know, a few days ago. Right. Who's going to hire him? He talked to QAM. They already just changed format a few months ago. Are they going to go out and hire an entire talk staff so they can put Steve on the air? No. And the thing with FTL, again, they're playing big bands. His show on there is so incongruous it's, it's that an it, oasis. Could, it could be one of a kind in the country. But <laughs> the fact is they're so desperate for money that they're willing to, to prostitute the airwaves to put him on. And it's going to be to their benefit and to his because he needs the job, he needs the money, and he's going to do great over there yeah, compared, it's, it's, compared to what they've been doing. they got a .8 in midday in the summer, in the summer book. It's, it's like uh, KAT now, you know, the broken station. One hour you have a guy doing a program in Haitian, the next hour you have it doing in Spanish. Well, I mean, it's two different audiences. In addition to which, and I said this when I was on Zeta in the morning, and I said it even before then, 
The FM programmers in this market are so stupid. If somebody had a brain, which they don't, they would put talk on FM in this market, which they've been doing in Philly for years with WWDB. They'd have that younger demographic already locked in there, most of whom already are on the FM band. They could kick ass in this market with an FM talk station. We proved that at Zeta in the morning, and the people in this market are too stupid. That's why you got Love 94 with their jazz, and you got a lot of these other Mart like Waxy over there continuing to try to bang their heads. The coast is beating up on them, destroying them, and they still keep trying to... They're, they're doing the same thing. They're self-destructed uh, just like WNWS was doing. WCAU in Philadelphia used to be a giant in talk. They yeah. just dumped out of it. They're right. doing, all, they're doing like QAM. Back. You think it's going to cycle back sometime? Anything, anything's possible. Thing. I mean, I remember when comedy was dead on television six, seven years ago. Then Cosby came along and that drama's dead. You know, every, yeah, everything moves inside. If I could tell you what was going to work five years from now, I'd be making a zillion dollars a year as a consultant. Like Neil. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Have a great day. Jerry Sullivan. Jerry yeah, Sullivan. sure. Market's down 12 points. Let's go to uh, Miramar. Hello? Yes, sir. Um, Tom? Yeah. What do you think of the radio bandit on... on uh... Uh, he sends me tapes unsolicited, and I get—I just got a tape the other day from him with a note saying, "This is the last one I'm sending if you don't review me." And I—I I don't find him all that funny. I think the American Comedy Net—he's got some clever stuff, but just because he sends me tapes doesn't mean that I'm going to review him. I can't think of a reason to review him. How many people do you suppose are listening to that show? Okay. Oh, of course it was him. That's why I was just uh, waiting for him to either uh, say something or choke to death, which I think it is. Hank Goldberg. So anyway, in the last year, if you were buying WFTL in the afternoon, you could get on for about $40 a spot. Yeah. So I have to say. No, well, Steve's getting 100 he says. I don't mean, I don't, I, 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 I didn't know he was going there, but $40 a spot. I heard something about the rates. I just thought I'd clarify it. No, that's, it was Steve, Steve's got his old, old sponsors, and uh, he, he thinks he can, you know, he says he's getting 100 Oh well, that's a hundred. Yeah, he said he he said he was getting about two hundred here, so he's telling them they're getting Steve Kane for half price. That's twenty five hundred spots. What do you mean? At forty dollars a pop. What? No. What do you mean? No, he says he's getting. No, no, not that he's making a hundred grand. He's charging a hundred dollars per spot. <clears throat> that's what he says. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, but I'm just telling you what he says, Hank. So Tom, what? Uh, I'm just telling you what the what the economics are. Well, uh, you know, it, it strikes me it's certainly never been you tried. You do a story like that. You ought to check with a couple of agencies, and because you know they do that on national media stories about projecting shows and things like that. They go to agency media directors and find out what the market's. Well, you see, what Steve Steve is not going out in the street really. He's going to all the people that he used to have here, and there's you know there's almost like a relationship there. And maybe he, if he if he gets the hundred now, I'm sure whether he continues to get it will depend on what kind of traffic he so sends. So Tom, it was a tragedy Saturday. Oh God, I cried. I said, you know, it, it was just awful. I was in your favorite place watching it. Oh yeah, a sports book. Oh no, kidding. Which one? I was at the Hilton. How'd they react out there? Uh, a lot of disgust and. Um, you know, uh, unhappiness. Uh, people didn't leave. They just moved over and watched football games and bet on those instead. Yeah, that, that's how it was. You know, I was I was at Belmont, and there were some people who got up and left. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. A lot with of tears in their yeah. eyes. I mean, it was a le it was a legitimate emotion it was, because that was the race that was everyone was looking for, and, 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 and it, it was affirmed in Alidar all over again until that happened. You know, uh, hi, Neil. Yes, Hank. Uh, I'm I, here. <laughs> 
I was listening. I was I heard Axtelm on Sunday on ESPN, and he made the comment that they had uh, that the usual complainers hadn't complained about the track condition during the course of the week. You know, people like Jolly and whatnot, who, yeah. uh, who normally are the first ones to moan if things aren't right. And they, in fact, some of them thought that the track condition was pretty good. Uh, so I guess that's a question that really goes. Well, on. you know. Uh, Gopher one in my mind broke down because she was trying too hard. The other horse took a heart attack, right. and the third horse tripped over the horse who took the heart attack. And, and of all people to be complaining the loudest, Wayne Luke, yeah, who has probably broken down more horses than any racetrack on earth. Yeah, but now he can go back to his owners and blame it on the track. Right. I mean, you know, Wayne has always been a better salesman than he has been a horseman. Yeah. So, so how are you, Neil? I'm doing great. Yeah. Saturday, where are you going to be? Saturday? Yeah. I don't know. Friday night, I'm going to be at Pompano at the Breeders' Crown. Yeah, I kind of like to come up. Uh, you know, I've been trying to get them to do a, a thing up there, but I haven't heard anything. Of course, and you won't. <laughs> so. Tom's going to grace us with his presence up there. Who is? Mr. Jicka. Well, I may just show up myself. Okay. Look for you. But, however, I know nothing about these, you know, about these trotters and pigs. And you know yeah, what? I like the joke. Uh, what do I know about hockey? Yeah. <laughs> That's always the best way. Trust me. So, uh, Neil, I'm going to be depending on your guidance. Well, you got a chance to get even now, Neil. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I have, I'll have Steve do the picks in the program. Uh, well, so, I think, Hank, Hank yeah. how's it going to feel feel working for Y100? <laughs> that's uh, that's very funny. <laughs> I can just see Hank and athlete's foot, man. I can see Boy, that. That'd, that'd be, be a great, great act. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Hank Footy has his own throne. Well, would Footy be on a sideline analyst or? I guess. Yeah, you take Henry Barrows, but unless he sits in Rick's chair. <laughs> <laughs> then he's in trouble. Hey, maybe you can get Henry back in. That's one way to get him back in the street. Sure, yeah. Move okay. to Y100. Have a great life, Hank. Hey, Neil. Yeah. I'll see you Friday night. Will you be there? I will. I'll leave a thing in your box. Okay. Okay. Thanks. 149. Well, don't let me forget to leave that That's thing in Hank's box. <laughs> yeah, you and Hank can be dates for tonight. A couple of real good uh, racetrack degenerates. Anyway, you want some incredible wings? I mean, they could practically make you fly. Wings Plus, Johnny Dark knows he's nodding his head. He said, boy, when I get off this Nutrisystem in just a short time when I'm slim and trim and like svelte with my girlish figure, I'm going to start digging into just gobs of Wings Plus buffalo-style wings and those great Catskill mountain-style garlic. It'll make you feel with those Catskill wings like you're in Monticello, plunging your brains I they're going to close down. Like I said... They have a mild, medium, hot, extra hot, and barbecue, and you dip those in that blue cheese, and you're just in heaven. The greatest wings in the history of the human race. Also great hero sandwiches, like that steak and cheese, and all kinds of other great sandwiches, like chicken breast, turkey, tuna, ham and cheese, uh, seven-ounce burgers, bacon cheeseburgers, chili dogs, great seafood, their shrimp in the basket, or as Steve would say, shrimp in the casket, fish filet sandwich, fried clams and clam chowder. It is all sensational. He'd say succulent. Yeah, and he'd be... <laughs> <laughs> Two at the same time. I can't wait to hear that again. Steve, clean up your act, okay? At least, see, I don't have to put the cozy over the mic, but with Steve, he kind of like drools all over the thing. And don't forget the great specials at both Wings Plus locations every Sunday. All the wings you can pig out on just $5.45 all day Sunday at both Wings Plus locations, 87 West Prospect Road, Fort Lauderdale, and 9880 West Sample Road in Oral Springs. Both of them open seven days a week. Both offer free lunch and dinner delivery in their areas. Call 771-9877 or 752-4460 for the unbelievable Wings Plus. One fifty four at WIOD. Hi, Aaliyah. Yeah, Neil. Yes, sir. Yeah, listen. I'm not a great fan of Neil's, but I have to say one thing. At least Neil's the only one in this town that says something about Rick Weaver. 
And I wanted to ask your guest, what is this guy going to come out with a with an article on this senile guy? We have to listen to this guy scream at people on on the, on the broadcast. Uh, you know, he's no Harry Carey. He's going by his time. Well, I'll tell you what. I, I'm not. I did actually. I did a piece on Rick Weaver. I did it when I was at the Miami News. I did a TV book cover story on him before one football season, and it was a very favorable piece. As a matter of fact, he sent me a note thanking me for it. That's and a then some, Right. <laughs> there you are. And then, and then right after that, he got mad at me for some reason, and uh, we we've never spoken again. I don't know why. I, you know, maybe it was something he, I said. Maybe he's a friend of Rick's. Rick, he yells at Hank. Maybe he yells at, uh, yeah. uh, at, at uh, Robbie's kid on the, on the air. Well, I mean, he deserves it. this kind of broadcast from a, a jerk like this? I mean, come on. Well, this is I a better market. No matter what that's you think, Mr. Jerk to you, sir. No matter what you think of Weaver, and I told you that, you know, I, I personally I'm not that big a fan of his. He does a good play-by-play, and I'll give you a, a good example. Yeah. Uh, two weeks ago when the Dolphins were playing up at uh, the Thursday night game, the only way I could get it on the satellite was on the Mexican satellite. And there's a slight delay, about a one-second delay. And I had, so I put IOD on to listen to the sound because I don't speak, you know, no, no speak any Spanish. So uh, Rick, Rick was actually calling the play so quick that he was beating the one-second delay, and I knew what I was going to happen before I saw it. He does call a good game. Give, forget all the other business. He calls a good game. Well, you never sat in the stadium and watched the players because he's not calling play, people that are not even on the field. Well, then you, you have... Uh, Something you saw something you know, like if you're going to cut a guy like uh, like the guy in the afternoon here who done doing a show which I think is good. I didn't cut the, the guy in the, the guy, afternoon. You know. When are we going to get that straight? You know what? This this <laughs> issue is not about me cutting him. The issue is that I didn't say he was God. Linda Thornton once said he was mildly amusing and he ripped the hell out of her because that wasn't enough for him. Well, I think he's very amusing. I think he's a good. Well, I'm sure. Well, why don't well, you, you can listen to Steve King cut the whole world down? Well, uh, that'll be my first choice, yeah. Yeah, but well, if, they, that's, that's if these guys liked each other, it'd be boring, though, wouldn't it? Thank you. Okay. Yeah, no, come what back can you say that. about a guy who likes Rick Riley and doesn't like Rick Weaver? 156 <laughs> at WIOD. Here's a mobile in West Palm Beach. Yeah, hello. Yes, sir. Two quick comments and a question. One, I, I think Neil has probably got the most amazing sense of radio. He knows when to change the show, when uh-huh. to... <laughs> Enough of that. Two, Rick and Suds, I always thought that one of the, the best things they do is, is a lot of their humor is visual, and they're doing it over the radio. It's like David Letterman kind of stuff. Kind of like when he used to put the Channel 10 News on WNWS. Yeah, well, <laughs> but better. Uh, the question I had for you was, you keep talking about issue-oriented talk being dead, and there's a guy up here, uh, I know he goes down into at least into some of Dade, Jack Cole, who does a kind of strange show, issue-oriented. I wonder what you thought of him. Uh, I, I don't. I've heard his show from time to time. I've even been a guest on it. I'm not a big fan of it. Mm. I always, I always thought at least it gave a different angle to the to the issue stuff. It wasn't as serious. Well, I mean, issue talk isn't dead everywhere. It, it, there are some places where it works, but it doesn't work the way it used to work here. Yeah. I mean, like in in California, WABC has what they consider issue talk. Uh, it's it's so saccharine and bland, though, you, you can't listen to it But you know what the real tip-off in this market is? I was just thinking about what the caller is saying about up there. The tip-off in the Miami-Fort Lauderdale market is with the gigantic older audience that we have here. And they still, even in 12-plus, which includes up to the age of yeah. 300, they still didn't have a big number. So when you consider the fact that, you know, we do have that bizarre demographic that's so old and they still weren't cutting it, it's history, boy. It's uh, well, yeah, you, and you have the older, and then you have forty percent of the market, and no speaker English. Right, and, uh, right. I mean, this is really one of the strangest markets in the country because in the other markets where you have large Hispanic populations, New York, L.A., and some of the places in Texas, the Hispanics aren't as wed to their language. They're all trying to learn English. 
Where in this market, you can do very well without ever speaking a word of English. And a lot of people do. And they listen to those radio stations. There are more successful Spanish-language radio stations here than anywhere else. I don't, I don't think New York has more than one or two stations, and they're, they're insignificant. And, and probably in terms of people, there are probably more Hispanics than New LA. York. Yeah. Same with LA. Yeah, you just don't hear it. But yet here, because the Cuban population is kind of built in insular culture, they do very, very well. Neil, thanks a lot. Okay. The Friday show was one of the best. Thanks. Bye. Okay, we're just about out of time. Thank you, Mr. It. Jicka. It's been Fun. a yeah. really My illuminating day. <coughs> yeah, you got I a lot know. healthier yeah. as, uh, after yeah. especially some of the early calls. One in particular, all of a sudden, Tom's health came bouncing yeah. back. See you Friday night at Pompano. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Plunge our guts out, make millions of dollars, and then just go laughing at everybody by our own radio station. But would you please write something nice about Rick, like Rick Weaver or Rick Shaw? Or even, uh, yeah, you never know. What's his name? Yeah. Anyway, speaking of what's his name, what's his name and Suds will be along with video expert Dr. G. Glenn, former vice president of CBS Research Lab, and Janet Van Ransburg, who sounds like she might be related to Heinrich Himmler. She's the editor of Video Times Magazine. They'll be here to talk about the latest vis video gizmos and exciting payphone challenge 14B as they pour 400 pounds of Hershey syrup into Tom Jicka's pants this afternoon. And then turn loose uh, African killer bees. Exactly. And Joe Zagaki and Sonny Hirsch on Sports Talk at 6.05, followed, of course, by the one, the only, and you notice we talked about her at a minimum, and thank God for that, Randy Martin, female comedians and the latest fashion trend, body piercing. We can only hope that Randy's going to be the first guinea pig right on the air tonight, and you'll hear it exclusively.